Spreading faster than a case of the clap in a trailer court. Able to shatter eardrums within a 666 mile radius. A podcast more brutal than all the rest. It's Murder Metal A lot of screaming going on with that. I don't know why that guy's got to scream like that. Because he's understand. a fucking asshole. <laughs> fucking Dorothea Puente's fucking looking at me like I'm a fucking bad dude or some shit. <laughs> she should be because we're doing some murder metal mayhem, dude. What's going on, Chris? Not a whole lot, Pete, man. Fucking Tuesday. Got off work. Come yep. to see your ass and do this shit fuck yeah dude it is tuesday so that's our thing episode 54 man just plowing through these motherfuckers but this week talking about a little murderbilia yeah yeah fun uh we've been talking about doing this for a bit we had the uh, interview with william and we're kind of inspired to do a whole episode or at least a murder feature on just murder billion. just so. what's going on with that scene and these yeah. guys had these interviews we have got some good fucking input yeah big time big time now last week was kick-ass episode 53 with the discussion about the chris benoit wrestler. yeah yeah benoit and that episode you know really we got a lot of listens almost a thousand which is really cool man. thanks guys yeah we appreciate it um, you know, murdered his wife, seven-year-old son, then his own suicide. That was back in 07. So just crazy. Had CK in for a the three-parter. The fucking dude. time when our boy Adam was in here yep. with us, dude. Fuck yeah. yeah. It was cool to have Adam Hall in here because we, neither of us really know a whole lot about yeah, wrestling. And he was like all about that shit. Came in with the... With the knowledge, dude. The like Ray for real. Mysterio <laughs> yeah, dude. That, that was, was great. Crazy. Put it on CCK. Yeah, yeah. That was a good time. So, yeah, it was cool. We had uh, uh, listeners, multiple listeners on that one, make a suggestion. So they do eventually make it, even though our schedule is usually out for a good three months or so. Um, it gets there. Yeah, We're good. We got it on there eventually. So thanks, everybody, that suggested it because it apparently you guys weren't alone. A lot of people liked it. Yeah, there was a lot of listeners that had that suggestion. So they're like, all right, let's yeah. do this shit. Fuck yeah. Uh, now, in the last episode, we played a couple of clips from two interviews that we recently did. Um, but we knew we were going to play the entire thing for this particular Right, and so. we thought about putting them out as their own, but we decided let's just do it like this yeah i think we still could do them as on their on own, their own. But we certainly wanted to you know first play them here on this episode true in case true, somebody yeah, yeah. does just want to hear the interviews by themselves they but, can just go to but that we're gonna play the whole thing we did the one with william harder of uh, murder auction and satan central satan central and psycho killer bobblehead so william is a busy fucking dude thank you psycho killer bobbleheads that's right um, now we interviewed him and we're going to let you hear it. It's a 48 minute interview, but dude, that was dude's, dude's insane. I love him, man. A dude's insane. I it, love him. Yeah. It's good stuff, man. He talks about some of these death row visits he's made and 
talking about fucking Richard Ramirez and Manson and like you mentioned Dorothea Puente and just lots, yeah. lots multiple states too. He is out in California, but he goes all over the place and so uh and then he's got quite a few interviews of people who don't like oh, yeah. him like on TV and shit. So Oh, like, there's a lot of that he's stuff. He's legit it's kind like of funny actually watching him go at it with right, some he's of like, these like come on. <laughs> people are all pissed off. So it's a really good interview. We think you guys will like it. So we're going to play the whole thing in the murder segment. Um, and then we did an interview in 18 minutes, a shorter interview with Bob Weiss, of course, owner of one of our favorite places. One too. of my favorite places I've ever been to. That yeah. shit's fucking awesome. Yeah. Shaker Cigar Bar in Milwaukee, most haunted bar in the United States, apparently. Yes. Uh. And Bob runs the Hangman Tours, which is the ghost tour of Shaker's. And um, it's a fun tour. And you, I know you guys have heard us talk about it before, but I'm going to push it. Check yeah, that shit out. Definitely, dude. They go from the basement all the way up to the Dead Hookers fucking suite up there. That's a good time. And uh, also, they were on, where um, uh, Bob does the uh, the Cream City Cannibal, the Dahmer tour. Right, and we did that as we well. We did that too, and that was awesome. Walking around outside Shakers. Do, 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 do. And, the dude Dahmer's old haunts. And, the pedal bar is ridiculous, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Milwaukee, where we were, such a great town. And so uh, Bob talks about how he got into the murderbilia business, doing the Dahmer tour. Talks about meeting Dahmer, which is pretty fucked up, and yeah. what he liked to drink. And it's interesting. So we think you guys will dig it. And always fun to talk to Bob. He's a great interview. Um, so we're going to play that one as well so now ck he had a band in mind he wanted to talk about this time he's pretty adamant about it he's about the misfits yeah he wanted to do hell yeah dude nice tie-in though with murder because they do a lot of you know killer and talking about death and horror yeah yeah so i think definitely it fits with the uh with the episode um, he's going to be taking that 920 from Danbury. Chugga chugga, bitch. And he's still been off work, but he's recuperating. But he, you know, CK, yeah, he's not going to let He's not going to let you go. No, he's uh, he's ready. He's raring and ready to go tonight. Um, so, And then we've got some good stuff in Mayhem. I've got a new story to share with yeah, you. Yeah, I can't wait to hear this that shit, That you'll dude. like about a crackhead uh, that I had encountered. I know some of those. <laughs> <laughs> like a legit crackhead. Yeah, this right, is right, pretty crazy. Right. Um, and we're also going to talk more about our upcoming book that we're putting together. Yes, so people we are definitely putting asking this. Asking about that. So. It's going to be enjoyable. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be really fun. Uh, we're looking for the fall, maybe September, to have that thing done and ready. Um, and we'll also be doing a little twist on the old killer cage match. Yes, we are doing definitely a little <laughs> twist. Like this, I out. unveiled it to you earlier. Yeah, you were like, "I was like, what oh, the fuck are all the these fuck lists is going for? on, dude? <laughs> it's going to be so enjoyable." Yeah, because <laughs> we got metal heads fighting pussy fucking poser metal. Yeah, like faux metal dude, fucking winger shit. Yeah, winger and shit like that. <laughs> and then we've got objects. And then I added even a fourth component for this one. Chris, Fucking, what did I do? Oh, dude, what was it? I don't remember, dude. The background music. Oh, yeah, yeah, the background music. That's right. So there'll be background <laughs> music while they're fighting. And, and CK doesn't funny. know it yet, but he has to pick all these damn he numbers. He has no idea. He knows he's picking, but he has oh, no does idea. He? Okay, all right. I didn't know he knew I he was picking. I did tell him that, but all right, that's cool. all he knows. So, <laughs> so this should be fun. 
Yeah, uh, and the CK. lists are ridiculous. So yeah, they're really cool. good. The objects are funny. Yeah. So we think you guys will dig this one. Um, and thanks to our sponsor, Psycho Killer Bobbleheads. Thank you, Psycho Killers. Rob and William, fucking awesome dudes to be working with. They've been supporting the podcast. We really appreciate it. Um, you know, pick up one of their 16 serial killer bobbleheads. They've got the collection. You can get them all. You can get them single. They got fucking Gacy, Gein, Ramirez, BTK, Son of Sam, G- Anton LaVey. Gacy has Pogo. And Pete, you were kind enough to gift me with a Pogo bobblehead, yeah, dude. dude. Fuck yeah, dude. Hell yeah. And I'm not going to tell... Uh, uh, Bob from Shakers is is getting a gift when I go yes, there. Yes, he is. I know he is. Weeks, it's going to be so cool. That should be awesome. So psychokillerbobbleheads.com is how you can get these. Tell them Murder Metal Mayhem sent you. And apparently they've been getting some orders from our, our listeners. So that's yeah, really dude. cool. Thank you, guys. So for thanks, fucking guys helping for support those guys, helping support us. Well, we appreciate that shit a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's all a you know, networking thing. So anything you guys can do to support our sponsors... Um, like couch, fucker upholstery cleaning said they got a big spike and uh, couch cockies. on my couch, couch cockies. I love it. <laughs> so, uh, so we got a lot going on this episode, dude. Nothing different. Oh man, um, I think we got to get our shit together though and get ready to talk about selling some cool cereal. Yeah, let's stuff. get our fucking murder bill, y'all, boy. Fuck yeah, dude. Fucking just tear your face off with that shit right there. Fucking CK was talking about abnormality, (laughs) man. Those guys are badass. That's a song called Curb Stomp. Nice way to kick off a little murderbilia discussion we're going to have here. Uh, We've been talking about doing this, like we said. It's just something that interests both of us, obviously. obviously We're surrounded by the shit in here. We are 100% surrounded by it. And the uh, bobbleheads from Psycho, Psycho Killer Killers. Bobbleheads and all these just the different random things crap here that, that we are have so that we already cool. had. Yeah. And that's just something that we enjoy. Um, now, and then certain, the pile of poop on the table. Yeah. There is, <laughs> yeah. There's that. The fleeces. Yes. Um, there's also a disturbed CD tacked to the wall with jizz all with over jizz it. Jizz all so. over it. Michael gave it back. Yeah. He didn't want it. <laughs> now, if people aren't sure, like we say in the term murderabilia, I think a lot of people probably know or can figure it out. But basically, it's profiting from the sale of items related to murder and true crime. So, Which anybody know, listening to this is about it. Yeah, most people totally that listen to us are probably really into that like, shit. All right, I'm cool with that. Um, now, you know, many people enjoy it, you know, buying a, say, a letter from John Wayne Gacy uh, that he wrote from prison or a peewee. Gaskin's hair. That's fucked up. Uh, Richard Ramirez <laughs> painting. Um, but, you know, that kind of stuff interests a lot of us. But then there's other people that feel it's wrong. Like you shouldn't be able we yeah, you shouldn't be able to do it. Why should you be able to sell a shirt with freaking, say, Ramirez's face with the pentagram hand? Right, right. Because I like to wear it. That's, that's why. That's right. And the demand is there. And that's what. You know, the two people that we interview talk about is, hey, we're just satisfying a, a need or want. Dude, I came across a thing. Uh, I was just looking up some murder bill shit. Yeah. I came across uh, uh, the 
PDM contractors business cards still in mint condition. They found them in like the eighties and they got a bunch of them. Oh, wow. and they're yeah. Like they're like fucking eight some dollars dude like cheap as fuck dude really yeah the pdm fucking oh dude I, I, i'm thinking about getting a couple oh yeah i, that, <laughs> I, I i'm totally in on that yeah, <laughs> he's like i'm definitely in so. oh yeah i want I <laughs> yeah want check it that. out dude <laughs> yeah that's pretty cool um and we were looking at this when we did our live first our, our live podcast we did on murder yeah and we talked about gacy and him selling his paintings and so this is a subject you know that we're very interested in now, um, we've got the interviews with the two people we've talked about that are in the murderbilia business for a long time. That's what they do. Yeah. I mean, Bob Weiss from Shaker has been doing this shit since the mid-80s. Uh, William Harder, a murder auction, been at it for years, been visiting the inmates on death row um, to get the real perspective. Of and he talks about are. that yeah, a lot. Yeah, he totally does. And it's a good interview. It's a long interview, and it's, I'm glad it's long because it's a really good fucking interview. Yeah, I think the people listening are going to like that we're playing the entire interviews because they are really good. Both of them are. Um, and I think you'll like to hear you know, from these guys and their real perspective on using you know, true crime and murder to spawn business ideas and to be profiting from it. Um, some people agree with them. Some people don't. And so we're just kind of throwing it out there. As we wrap this thing up, we'll talk about our personal feelings on right. it. But at first, we'll just kind of let you listen to these. Um, you know, two weeks ago, we talked to William Harder. Uh, we did it through Messenger and recorded 48 minutes um, of a discussion, which, like we've said, is just really cool. If you heard last week, we played like six minutes of it. Yeah. Uh, so we're doing the whole 48 the entire minutes thing. So Yeah, you get a whole other 42 Minutes. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, and it's it's a trip. Like you said, William's a great dude, knows a lot about this stuff. He's got a monster collection of his own. You can YouTube him, uh, William Harder, and see all sorts of stuff. You were talking dude, about it, him on the talk shows. Yeah, on the talk fucking, shows and getting – he's just like, look, motherfucker, I can do what I want. And he yeah, talks about that. He's too. very good at defending the, what he the does. idea. Yeah, what I, he it's, does, yeah, I think he's a good guy. Uh, very interesting. So you're going to hear about that. Um, He's and, also like co-partner in the fucking Psycho Killer Bobbleheads. Right. We talk a lot about those guys because they're sponsoring the show. But legit, dude, we got some good ones out here tonight. We got fucking, uh, I got BTK over here. Yeah. Who do you got Like over I said, there? I got Dorothy Puente. Nice. <laughs> who else you got over there? Uh, the PDM Gacy. Nice. That, that's nice. what reminded me about that because I looked at ah, shirt. I was like, card. oh, shit. That's right. I found those fucking business cards. That's funny. <laughs> It'd be funny if we got one and put it like with the bobblehead. That'd be, That'd be really cool. Yeah, yeah, and we got our Dahmer out here still because we're going to be talking about Dahmer tonight. We yes, talk sir. about Bob. Um, and, and we so, got the Slayer Minotaur because he reigns supreme. He does. He does. <laughs> And we got that hand grenade out here too, but I don't think it's live. But you know, I wouldn't trust pulling the pin. I'll pull on that. that fucking pin. <laughs> Fuck that's it. what we would do if we Fuck were it. overrun with posers in here. That's what that's for. That's the we just grenade. blow ourselves up so they don't catch <laughs> like, any of our up. shit. It's, you know, it's like a zombie apocalypse. But that's right. <laughs> so we're gonna talk. Uh, we'll do the William interview first. As you mentioned, he's part of Psycho Killer Bobbleheads, Murder Auction, and Satan Central, which is a trip. If you're not familiar with that website, go check, check it that out. out. It's pretty it's crazy. Insane. He's got some really good merch on there. 
Uh, very interesting guy. So we're going to play that. And so check this out. Uh, our interview with William Harder. All right, we've got William Harder on Messenger talking to us today from sunny California. William is part of the Psycho Killer Bobbleheads company and is also the guy behind Murder Auction, the largest auction site for true crime and serial killer memorabilia. Thanks for doing this interview with Chris Shawback and I from Murder Metal Mayhem. William, and welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, fellas. Hey, anytime, man. And uh, we really do appreciate you, you guys at the uh, Psycho Killer Bobbleheads at supporting Murder Metal Mayhem. And uh, what's the latest on this new venture you have going? Uh, the the latest is trying to, you know, kind of kicking ideas around for, you know, what, what who we're going to do next. Uh, I don't want to give any spoilers. There's, there's, there's one bobblehead that we're thinking of doing that I, I think I've mentioned it before. Pretty sure we're going to do a, a Jim Jones. But uh, I started kicking around a, another idea uh, 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 with Rob, and uh, it's a little bit, it's a little bit much. I don't want to. I don't want to give any spoilers, especially if we don't do it. And it disappoints a lot of people. But yeah, no. There's a. There's a lot of things. Well, a lot of things in the work with that uh, little outfit. I'm very excited what the future is going to hold for us. That's awesome, man. That's really cool. Um, we love the collection of the sixteen in this first edition. Of course, we love the Eileen Warnos and the Dominatrix awesome. outfit. We talked to Rob about that. That was funny. Uh, the Richard Ramirez, though, seems to be the favorite with our guests so far. But I thought the Dorothea Puente bobblehead was very interesting since she's not well known as the others. But I was intrigued after seeing you on Serial Killer Culture TV that you're actually related to her. So I thought maybe our listeners would love to hear that story. Well, just uh, to, to clarify, and it, it gets kind of, uh, you know, uh, you know, I don't want to say distorted, but lawfully, I'm I'm her grandson. There's no blood relation. Uh, it's a it's a it's a pretty good story how how it all all you know came together. Uh, there at the end, I uh, handled all of her you know final uh, arrangements. Uh, nobody else in her family really uh, wanted anything to do with her. It uh, it gets kind of sad like that. Uh, and it had nothing to do with money or collecting. And, uh, I mean, she was very uh, uh, deep to me. So, uh, and, you know, people want to say, oh, you know, it wasn't it was really related to her or blah, 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 blah. And it's like, you know, man, that, I, I don't really care uh, what anybody, you know, has to say about it. I mean, I, 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 she was very special to me. And, um, yeah, I mean, as, as far as I'm concerned, she was very grandmotherly to me. It's still and, family, uh, even if it's just through marriage. It's yeah, still that's family, true, man. man. It doesn't matter. Yes, very true. Well, uh, like I see that you have a pretty extensive Charles Manson collection. Like uh, what kind of stuff you have that's unique? And what was it like meeting him for the first time? Because I know you've met him quite a few times. Yeah, I probably had 35 in, you know, uh, you know, different meetings with Charles Manson in person. Uh, I remember when I submitted my application to visit him because I had a felony on my record. I needed to get uh, per per uh, right, CDCR right. Uh, regulation. I had to get permission from the warden to visit the facility. So it went to the warden's desk, um, and it took a little bit longer. But I was, you know, 
you know, very anxious to, you know, to get in to see him. And when I, I finally did, I remember talking with the, you know, the sergeant and, you know, he, uh, he had done my, with, with Manson, it was a little bit different. You didn't just get it, you know, you didn't just send in an application and they approve you because he got so many requests. For oh, I'm sure. That, I'm sure it was endless uh, he requests. Had, yeah, he, he, yeah, he didn't send out a lot of these forms. He would, they would, people would get them from other inmates. They would buy them, so he would actually be interviewed if there was anybody he wanted to add to his list. And you know, in the process, they would call the applicants. When they called me, you know, they asked who I was writing, where did I get the form, and when I tried to explain to them, I was only writing to to Manson, and that I got it from him. They didn't believe me. They said, "Look, he has to take on a new visitor." in in the past five or six years i think it was and they just they kept you know grilling me when i went in and i was finally approved by the, the warden yeah i remember running into that sergeant and you know saying to him this is you know this is kind of exciting and you know and he leaned in and he goes yeah you know it, it really is he was and i remember what you know the first time i met him it's 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 you know it's history right that would be and crazy. Uh, i remember you know going into the visitation room sitting down and you know, kind of just looking around, taking it in. There was a piece of tape on the ceiling that was labeled leak, and there was a little arrow pointing to a, a, <laughs> a, a, a crack off of that. And I was picking everything in that I could possibly take in the back <laughs> door. Popped. You could hear it clank. And then around the corner, there he was. You know, jacket, you know, a you know, denim prison jacket draped over you know, his arms like he was a... You know, like he was a pimp walking with his cane. <laughs> he got about halfway to me. He flipped the cane up in a singular motion, so it would like catch on his arms, which he then extended out in a Jesus Christ pose, How dropping his head did. down and shaking it back and forth with his tongue out. And then <laughs> they flipped the cane back down again in a singular type motion and continued towards me. When he got up, he extended his arm and g- gave me a big like Indian style handshake nice, and, nice you know wow. hey so good to meet you and i'm just like i'm trying to be like yeah man what's up you know like trying to not show the, the stars i think i just came oh, in my pants it was, it was really intense <laughs> oh i'm you sure know, how do you how do you top that i mean i right. true i'd met richard ramirez the year before which in and of itself was very exciting but uh, it was nothing like you know that first initial meeting, uh, September twenty third, two thousand and six. That's nice. a good day. <laughs> I was just going to ask you when that was, so that's cool. How did you become the owner of Murder Auction? Because some people might not know exactly what that is. I was checking the site out; it's amazing. I mean, you just randomly type in you know different uh, killers' uh, names like Gacy or whatever, and there's all sorts of stuff on there. So, what's that all about? Well, what ended up happening, I, f- I forget if it was, I think it was 2001 eBay uh, with, you know, through, you know, pressure from, uh, you know, victims, rights groups, uh, banned the sale of true crime related memorabilia. What's, what's funny, a little anecdote on that is it, it was actually the inmates who I think were more happy because high profile prisoners were being victimized by prison staff constantly having their personal effects stolen, uh. Uh, particularly of family and visiting photos. Uh, the officers would, you know, tell the inmates to get out of their cells. They were going to conduct, conduct a search, would then take the items and have them hawked online. And, of course, they, they, you know, inmates, nobody's going to believe, believe an inmate over an right, officer. And right. it was a huge complaint. So 
um, eBay, you know, really did the inmates a favor more than anybody. But with with the ban, you know, of those items going into effect, there was no auction house uh, to do so. A gentleman in Georgia, he uh, had the brilliant idea to to build this eBay styled auction site, and uh, you know, when he did, he launched the site. Uh, I found it and instantly fell in love. And just began, you know, buying everything I could uh, before before too long. No, the owner and founder of the site got to know me. Uh, we uh, became partners, and then he decided uh, in 2009 he wanted to just kind of, you know, withdraw himself from the hobby a little bit and sold the site to me completely outright. And I've been the sole proprietor uh, ever since. And 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 you're right; it is. Uh, an eBay type uh, setting, uh, people you know people register. There is a one-time ten dollars registration fee. Uh, the site does say there's a five dollars fee annually that I have yet to charge anybody. I right, was worried right. that you know membership and sales would be slow at first, so I wanted to make sure I wasn't going to lose money because I mean, I, I, I just it means one hundred and five dollars a month right now to host the site. On a dedicated, it's a big site. There's a oh, lot of moving sure. parts. Yeah, I can and see I was that. worried, you know, I wouldn't get enough members to, right. to cover those costs. So oh, I was like, well, sure. I'm have to start charging people annually, but I've had that has not been a problem. Well, that's and, good. That's uh, good. I haven't enforced it. So, uh, but yeah, and there's no, I don't take any percentages, no listing fees. If you want to sell something, it's uh, you know, uh, we act as the, uh, the the you know the the form or the auction house. Uh, sales are then handled between buyer and seller. Uh, through PayPal, and uh, I, the only thing I do with other people's sales is occasionally settle disputes. You, you know, you'd think everybody is a grown-up, but no, but they're not. Surprised. Yeah, people are shitty. You no, know, you get people fighting about, you know, and I'm, and I, then I just have to revert back to the site rules, and I go, look, this is the site rule. I've had people who. I genuinely liked, but were, you know, the person who was in basically the violation of the rule. And I would tell them, please don't force my hand, please. Right, right. right. You're going to lose this. You're going to lose this battle. And then I would go to the other person and be like, you really want to push this issue that hard? You can, it, when, especially when it was a mistake. Yeah, there's rules. You have to follow them. I try to get the other person to put themselves in the other person's shoes and say, look, just let's not you know kick any let's not kick anybody off let's resolve this we're, we're adults come on right. let's act like adults right right so outside of doing that i try not to get involved in the affairs of and the ones i mean I, I i buy a lot of stuff there's you know good good stuff pops up on there all the time and um unfortunately i have uh, there's other collectors who will often beat me to the punch I wish I, I could say that I got, <laughs> got all no, the good deals. That, that right, but you don't always I, get there, yeah. Yeah, there's other, there's other collectors who watch the site more, inten- more intensely than I do and <laughs> uh, will beat me to things. And I told them, I go, you know, I would certainly do better if I just kicked you off. <laughs> I, mean, I wouldn't do it, but I tease them. I tease some of these guys. I'm like, you know, you, you're really making it hard for me. <laughs> right, That's right. Funny. You know, I remember a whole line of Richard Speck stuff came up once, and I was on, I was driving to Chicago to, to, the, to do the Mad Mobster uh, convention, and in the three days I was on the road, this guy was listing, and it was a guy just buying. And by the time I got to Chicago, I 
realized everything had been I told this guy, did you just bought out all these Richard Speck items, man? Come on. Can I get one? <laughs> right. And oh, I was shit. like, yeah, sure you can. Uh, you know, double what I paid. And I'm like, of course. yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> right, that's right. funny. Yeah, he all was right, all no. over the news out here when he was in... <laughs> When he was inside and he started growing titties and was doing coke and all kinds of shit. That was all over because that's right here where we are. So it was kind of funny. Right. Yeah, it was very. uh, Yeah, I remember watching the the video and I was like, man. Yeah, that's that's fucked. uh, Yeah, that's fucked up. (laughs) Literally. Yeah. It was. (laughs) Literally. It was fucked. Yeah. Yeah, literally. Well, I've I've heard you comment about people who don't like that you sell stuff on murder auction. I think a lot of us in true crime business get that sometimes. Uh, What is it that interests you in selling that type of shit? Well, you know, it's. I didn't set out so much to sell it as I was wanting to collect it. Right. And I didn't even really want to buy it until I realized that, you know, people will, you know, this is the most common scenario. Let's say you've been writing inmates for 10 years. You meet, and, and let's say you're a young fella. You're, you know, you're, you started when you were 18, you're 28 now. And you get this girlfriend, you, you like her, you, you, you guys are, you know, you're hooking up every weekend. She gets pregnant. She moves in with you, and she sees this collection in your closet of letters from people who murder children. <laughs> right. She tells you, get that shit out of the house. I don't right. want it. Right. You right. Know, and I don't want it now. So <laughs> you then come to me and say, hey, William, I'm thinking about selling my collection. Um, I want $10,000. And I say, yeah, that sounds great. I'm going to give you 2000 And, of course, you're going to say, well, I'm going to – I'm not going to do that. And you tell the girlfriend, man, that's sorry, son of a bitch offered me two grand. And you know what she says? Sell it to him. And then the guy goes back and says, okay. I'll say two. Well, it's 15 now. And sell those items slowly because fortunately for me, my wife isn't a bitch. You know, and not scared of that stuff. And she could care less. So, right. yeah, and then I take it and can play the slow game. And uh, and, 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 it, and it really worked. I mean, I used the 10,000, 2,000. It, it's not quite like that. But, I mean, I will make, you know, generally make a counter. And they can take the money. I pay up front. You know, they, they uh, you know, it's not like, hey, can you take half now? I mean, I buy it all at once. They can buy their diapers. It gets it out of their house, makes the girlfriend happy. Right. You know, it, it, would, it takes years to sell this stuff. There's a big misconception that there's like tons of money in this. I mean, if you're broke, yeah, you can, you can, you can get some stuff and you can make it a couple hundred dollars a month. I mean, and if that's a lot of money for you, great. But this is like a hobby more than anything. For right, me. Like, right. I could that's not cool. support myself. I mean, I've had people you know, try to get me on board with things they're doing. There's so much money to be had. And I'm like, yeah, man, if you're poor. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm sorry. I, I make, you know, I'm woman in my sleep. Right, right. Hell yeah. Yeah. Now what's <laughs> yeah it's not the- a big it's not this is not something you're gonna make a million dollars doing. I mean when when Andy Khan suggested this was a half a million dollar a year industry with a quarter of a million dollars going to inmates, uh, I was I completely floored. Yeah. Because I, I mean if that was <laughs> the case, I was like, Man, I'm doing something wrong. Right. right. <laughs> because I'm not making anything close to that and, and I spend money uh, you know, I was sending money to, to dozens of inmates, you know, people who were just, you know, 
you know, to buy art supplies and, and toiletries and, and toothpaste and, you know, just basic human necessities and thinking, right. I don't send anything close to that. Yeah, Where that's... does he come up with this? Well, his new, of course, his new stance is one red cent. One red cent made from this is too much. So it went from half a million dollars to one cent. That's his, <laughs> right. you know, yeah, margin okay. of error. So, right. I, I mean, he, he got me. I mean, I make more than one red cent. So Apparently. Yeah. Now, what are some of the more interesting things that you've sold or seen sold on murder auction? I'm sure there's been some the really bizarre, crazy ones. The bizarre thing that I see people buying are like, you know, fingernail clippings. Yeah, I heard you talking about that on Serial Killer Culture. I was like, what? Who the hell would... That's fucked would you, up. That's just... That's yeah, weird. That's, man. that's, that's right. fucking gross. I'm like, get a hair lock or something. Man, yeah. That right. makes sense. I could understand you know? hair, but fingernail clippings is like, what? Yeah, I was on some website and I was looking. It wasn't yours, I don't think. It was something like that, though. And I saw somebody was selling a lock of Pee Wee Gaskin's hair. And it was like <laughs> right, 75 yeah. bucks. And I'm like, that's reasonable. Like, I could see spending that. But some of these items, that's, like a rock from. Too good to be I that thought so too. True, man. I thought so know, too. I know. I didn't buy it. I just thought it was reasonable, but it could be bullshit. But then somebody was selling rocks from Dennis Rader's yard for for like seventy five hundred bucks a piece. I'm thinking, who would buy that? And how the fuck oh, do you know there. where it came from? Yeah. You know? I mean, I've sold rocks from from former crime scenes, but I mean, I sell them for twenty dollars. Right. Right. Yeah. No, so, this is just I mean, ridiculous. I mean, I guess, you know, that's, a, that's another thing. If you're, somebody's too poor to go to Dennis Rader's house themselves and get a rock, <laughs> they're not, they, you think they're going to spend $7,500? I mean, hey, right. they, you know, they say there's one born every minute, but I would question the person who thinks they're going to get that because that's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, but hey, what do I know? Maybe, maybe the guy sold five already, and, and I'm the moron. <laughs> I, I don't think you're the moron. I think that whoever no. bought it for $7,500 is the <laughs> yeah, moron. Exactly. Right. <laughs> All right, I, I know that you've met a lot of serial killers and murderers uh, in, while they were in prison. Is there any of them that when you met them, like straight up gave you the creeps and shit? Um... Not so much the creeps. There, there was a. There are some guys I've I've met that I would say a lot to be desired. Um, uh, like some guys want to talk about raping children, and that's all they want to talk about. And that's fucked up. Yeah, it's just like no. It's just like it's interesting. You know, the, the, the justification in their head, how they see this as being okay, and when you kind of get into. Their, you know, the rationale of, you know, what, why they are so excited by this and why they do Just it. Just to but, see how their head works you know, and shit. Five hours, you know, five hours of visit, you know, and it was, you know, it would, it would really start to, you know, you'd leave visit, visiting and have to go have a drink and just be like, man, that's awful. Why? Yeah. And, yeah, and, and then, of course, I, I, being as, you know, s- stupid as I was, would, you know, I'll actually kind of try to, Think of these people as being my friends. Um, yeah, they will turn on you just as fast as a person out here on the street. Oh, I thought sure. because you know treating somebody who'd never been treated good in their whole life uh, would treat you know, would reciprocate that, especially being in a prison setting where you're stripped of so many you know freedoms and you know just basic civil liberties. Uh, I figured you know, I, gravely mistaken, and and the person who 
is going to brag to you about raping children, don't think for one minute they will not screw you over so fast. Oh, that one hundred percent. Yeah, and I, I just, I, I, again, I feel really naive saying it now, but I, I, yeah, that was a kind of a mistake I made uh, going into this. And I don't know, you live and you learn. I wouldn't trade the experiences. They no, were, I wouldn't either. No, uh, they were, but but nobody nobody made me uh, afraid per se. I mean, there there was guys that would come. Uh, one guy came in. I mean, he was six four and just, just huge, physically fit man. And I remember first thing I said to him was, "I sure hope we don't ever have to fight." <laughs> you know, first, first thing that came, that came out of my mouth, and he said, "I'm not a violent person." Oh, and I well. said, "You know, without missing a beat, except with those two girls." Oh, and, uh, and I was like, "Oh yeah, man, why am I saying this? I don't even know if he admits guilt." Talks about his case here, Emily, <laughs> teasing him about you know raping and murdering two teenagers. Right. I, I should probably tell this back some. <laughs> yeah, that's right. yeah, funny. So, that's funny. <clears throat> but no, I never, never was a. Uh, some of them, you know, they're, they're just like it's just like hit and miss, you know, like meeting a, a a person you've met on, you know, you meet somebody online, you go meet him in person. Sometimes you hit it off, sometimes you don't. Right, 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 for sure. Now, now we've had some fun on the podcast poking fun at the serial killer Charles Ang, and I know you've met him before. Uh, what was he like in person? And I know you said he's got some incredible art. Uh, his artwork is incredible. I, I was just talking about him uh, yesterday. I did an interview with a CBS affiliate, and you know they were kind of they were really trying to see who's you know who's you know who are some of the worst you know California you know inmates and you know or they were uh, asking uh, you know trying to get me a pinpoint on somebody. I did I did mention uh, his uh, his philosophy is he's the dolphin caught in the tuna net. Because he's innocent, of course. It was of course he, yeah, yeah, it was right. all everybody, uh, and and he's telling me this, you know, and, and I'm like, but Charles Ng, you know, you participated <laughs> right in he's on video, and well, right. Yeah, but that doesn't make me a killer. <laughs> you told the woman her baby was murdered. I mean, how much more complicit? But that doesn't mean I killed her. I'm innocent. <laughs> I said, no, man, you're not. Wow. Not innocent at all. You're, just, you're guilty. <laughs> you know, he really kind of got you're not in the he he's very misogynistic. The man hates women emphatically. Like he 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 doesn't even see it. Um he's so you know blatantly rude to women. Uh I couldn't believe the audacity of some of the things he said to, to people that I introduced him to. I just really? I remember saying, you know, how can you say that? You you, you murder children, and and I mean, yeah, and doing it. Uh, yeah, he's a. Uh, I get wanting to poke some fun at him because, uh, yeah, he's not a dolphin trapped in a tuna net. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, for in, sure. In no version of reality, even in the Twilight Zone, Charles King is guilty. That's unfortunately. That's fucked. Now we just uh, we just did an episode on uh, Arthur Shawcross, and I just read that you met him while he like locked up in prison and shit. What was that like meeting Arthur? Unfortunately, I never met Arthur in person. Oh, he really? died before I. And it was something we were planning on doing. Um, in fact, his daughter called me uh, before the press uh, release went out because uh, I was so we I was so close with him. 
uh, he was a bit of a bullshitter. I'm not gonna lie. Right. Uh, you know, he 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 liked to put you know ten ten on a story to make it sound better. Um, yeah, and it was it would sometimes be a little bit. He would go a little bit too far with his exaggerations. So you you'd know, but you just let it go. I mean, he was an old man. What were we gonna do? He uh, he actually had he was, uh, he was fun to you know fun to chat with. He was very matter of fact when it came to talking about specifics on his case. I loved his artwork, the vinyl uh, paintings he did, putting paper behind the piece of vinyl, giving him this. Uh, I mean, you just have to look at some of his artwork up close to see. He uh, one fun fact about Shawcross, he had this aversion to John Gacy because. John Gacy was a pedophile, even though he himself right. was a pedophile. <laughs> yeah. But he hated John Gacy for that. And That's he refused fucking weird to do as any shit. clowns. Oh, I had to huh. literally pull, you know, like, you know, twist his arm. To get I, I started having inmates do pogo renditions, and it was kind of my thing for a long time. So I wanted, you know, Shaw Cross to do a pogo rendition for me. And when I first asked, it was like, hey, you know what, you, you, you think I'm going to do this? You know, I'm, I, I don't, you know, I told you up front that guy's child rape and, you know, POS and I'm not going to do it. And I wrote back, yeah, I understand. This, you're going to do it, please. Yeah, please <laughs> help me out, and man. On paper, and I wrote back, that's not good enough. I want a vinyl. And before I knew it, I got him to do a pogo and the patches for me. Oh, wow. Uh, that's fucking awesome, dude. Four, uh, eight by ten vinyl panes. He said he wouldn't sign them, and he didn't. But I mean, I've got the envelopes, I got the letters. I mean, and they're not for sale, so I don't care if anybody believes me or not. They're right. right. Uh, <laughs> That's cool, though. Now I know that. No, you're- yeah, no, they're, they're, they're really sure. People always assume they're Gacy's. They're like, "Whoa, I've never seen a four-piece Gacy." And I'm like, yeah, because Gacy didn't do four-piece painting. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I know that you're also involved in the Church of Satan, and so can you explain that a little bit? And then that website you have called uh, Satan Central uh, is interesting, too. Well, I was uh, a member of the Church of Satan. Unfortunately, when Anne Tomovey passed away, uh, the new management did not... Uh, get along well with some of my friends, and they had, in uh, in all their wisdom, not copyrighted the sigil of Baphomet correctly. Oh. And uh, a friend of mine, in short, copyrighted it and began selling it, and uh, that effectively got us all excommunicated from the Church of Satan. So oh, much wow. so, you know, keep in mind this free thinking. Individual right. society. Yeah, that's if you like my Facebook up. page, they will give you an ultimatum. You can unlike that page, or you will be uh, excommunicated. Basically, that's so organization. <laughs> what the wow. fuck? Very satanic. Yeah, so, super yeah. satanic. That's uh, fucked up. Satan Central is is my. Uh, my main source of income. It's my bread and butter. The devil's been good to me. And, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, I, didn't, I didn't do anything personally to the Church of Satan. Once I took over the website when my friend passed away, I started getting you know copies of messages that were that the Church of Satan was sending uh, to, to 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 members of their you know saying, "Hey, you have to unlike that page, or we're kicking you out." Wow, and that's it, fucked these up. People are like, why, why is this a big problem? And I said, I don't know, man. I didn't send you the message. I'm not telling you to unlike any pages. 
I don't care if you're in the church of Satan or if you if you want to do any of that. It's I mean, your free yourself. will. I mean, if you if you want to unlike my page, go ahead. I'm not gonna. My feelings aren't going to be hurt. Right. It's a big deal to those guys because apparently I'm some pseudo satanic piece of shit who is a thief. When it's you know you're blaming somebody for their success, and uh, you know to think if somebody you know you know all somebody had to do is pick up the phone and maybe call me, and we could have you know all work something out. Yeah, work something out amicably with a. Uh, but nobody wanted to do that. Instead, of just write to name calling. Uh, you know, I had friends that were friends of mine for, you know, close to two decades, and uh, they dropped me because they were instructed to. And I and I remember being so sorely disappointed. I told this one guy, I mean, I was like, dude, you're just a lapdog. I go, nobody could tell me not to be your friend. Right. And uh, but that's okay, man. I go, we we have a word for. A grown man will let another grown man tell him what to do out here in California. We call that a bitch. And that's what you <laughs> that's are, a my friend. Bitch. Yeah. Bitch. That's fucked up. Hell yeah. All right. So, like, as we're doing this interview, I'm sitting here. I, this wasn't even on purpose. And I got your uh, Psycho Killer Bobbleheads t-shirt on. It's just the one I put on after I took a shower <laughs> yesterday. I said, fuck it, and woke up and just kept on going. But uh, this is an awesome shirt. And you guys got any ideas for new shirts you're going to be putting out at all or anything like that? We actually do. There's a, there's a two ideas on the table. Um, we haven't picked out which design we're going to go with. Uh, again, I don't want to give out any spoilers, but um, sometime next week, I'm gonna I'm gonna get that uh, that project underway. And they, I uh, I don't want to give a date had it not, uh, you know, on the site when I, I, I say because it really is up to my t-shirt manufacturer when the t-shirts will. Uh, uh, be made, but there is a, there is a shirt that's not going to be an advert an advert for the site. It's going to be a a graphic that's serial killer related. That's fucking cool nice, as shit. Nice. And real quick, I got well, a quick Ron, question. Ron, Ron's you know really uh, I got you know t- tip my hat to him. He 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 thought of this uh, you know little venture all by himself. I mean, I was I came on after a lot of the groundwork had already been uh, you know laid. I don't know. I think uh, I haven't. Uh, Heard you know what he had to say in specifics, but I mean he was emailing me because he'd seen me on uh, yeah. on uh, on, uh, on, on there was some he was watching some Amazon program. That's what he said. He got, yeah. Yeah, I'm getting these emails from this guy Rob, <laughs> and he's talking about you know making you know thousands of bobbleheads, and I'm like, yeah, buddy, that sounds great. You know how much money that's going to cost? <laughs> so, right. I because I, I get emails from people all the time. Hey, you want to you know want to do this? I got a great idea. You want to buy it? I mean, I'm thinking this guy's crazy. Right. You know, and, and I, but then he says, "Hey, let's meet." You know, I I live just outside of San Francisco, and I'm like, "Whoa, wait a minute! I know where that's at. That that's one of the most expensive places to live in, in California, in Marin County." Uh, so I agreed to meet. He pulls up in his 2017 Corvette right. and pulls out resin <laughs> models of the of the bobbleheads, and I said to myself. Oh shit! He's for real. Yeah, he's for real. <laughs> this, is, this is happening, and um, you know, thankfully, you know, Bob's a good judge of character, and I make a good impression. And I want to say it was less than a month we started working together. That's fucking great, man! Did you guys given any? We kind of asked Rob. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, we kind of asked Rob uh, yeah, about it, was, it too. Uh, uh, it was, uh, did you guys give any thought about the Andre Chikatilo bobblehead we kind of mentioned? Because that'd be awesome. <laughs> we just talked about that that last night, and I, 
I guess I'll just say it, and maybe some of your listeners can, can gauge uh, you know, their thoughts. I was thinking about making a Black Dahlia. Oh, that'd be sick. With, with no heads. Yeah. Dude, Dude that, that would, would be, be wicked. There would be, obviously, there'd be a center piece that kept it together. Right. right. You know, a big chunk in the center would oh, be missing. Dude, that'd be, that'd be awesome. That'd yeah. be fucking great, I, man. I don't, just to clarify, I don't want anybody to think I'm trying to be, you know, in poor t- well, I guess no, I'm trying to be in poor no. t- but I'm not trying to take the stab at no. victims. No, our no, 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 no. the deal. We did a Black Dahlia episode. Yeah. We had suggested another one to Rob, which is uh, Henry Lee Lucas and Otis Tool together on, this, like on a, a bobblehead bobble together, you know. Never seen a Henry double bobblehead. Oh, I see what Yeah, like, like a, arm in arm or maybe like butt fucking one or the other. You know? <laughs> right, so, something right. crazy with the heads going. I mean, we we just thought it was funny. We were just throwing ideas around. It was Rob's a trip. It was funny to interview him. And he is a, a very interesting person with a, with a background that you wouldn't associate oh, with I this. Know. You know? It's crazy. When, when I talk to because we've gotten to know each other, I mean, so much of our lives are different, yet there's so many common threads of things that we, uh, you know, that are, uh, you know, exactly the the same. And, uh, yeah, he's, uh, you, you, when you, you know, meeting him, you wouldn't think, uh, you know, I didn't know what to, 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 you know, I didn't know what to expect. He didn't tell me how old he was. I mean, I was just reading emails. So when I met him, you know, yeah, he's an older, you know, an older chap and, 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 you know, very successful. I mean, he, he carries himself, you know, like a, he has very good taste because he's he's worked very hard and and, and makes very good money. Yeah, so that's you know awesome. the, the way he carries himself is you know you know kind of like the one percent, if you will. Sure. I mean, he's nothing he's, wrong with he's, that, he's, man. There's something about it. That's yeah, where he's at. I'm that's his station it. in life. So yeah, that's really I, cool. I, you know, it was um, we, we have, I mean, we we share a lot of. I mean, yeah, we we get along great. I I almost wish I'd have met him. Back when I partied, so I think we'd and maybe him being four years younger. I mean, we'd have just tore up the town together. Now, what is it about true crime and serial killers that you think fascinates people so much? I mean, it's it is very interesting because I've I've always been drawn to it. My dad was a parole officer in New York. And he had, you know, some famous clientele like Son of Sam. And so I was introduced at a pretty young age to that whole thing and found it very interesting. But what do you think from people you've met that like this stuff? Well, I mean, it, it goes it goes to, I think, basic human nature. I mean, if you look at, you know, throughout history, human beings have always had this love affair with violence. I mean, you look at the Colosseum in Rome. I mean, just think, you know, you could go to Alabama in, in 1956 and, and they'd be torturing some poor black soul, uh, you know, in the middle of the street, cutting off his uh, genitals and then stringing him up. And, and there'd be the, the whole town would be there cheering. Right. You know, you know, cheer, and this would be, uh, yeah, let's go you know, over, let's go, we're going to go lynch so-and-so because that's what God wants. And so, I mean, and that's, we're not talking hundreds of years ago. Oh no! It you still know, happens, right? I mean, yeah. So human beings and, and, and violence is not anything new. So I think when a person steps outside of anybody who steps out of societal norms, you're either going to be labeled crazy, 
you know, or uh, eccentric, and either or still is going to captivate human interest. So when a person kills somebody recreationally for, with no motive, and you know whether it's cannibalism or extreme deviant sexuality, it is just interesting. And people are gonna, and and some people just you know some people are completely repulsed. You know, oh, I want nothing to do with that. I don't want to think about it. I know it happens, but I'd rather not. You know. Think about it, and pussies like I mean, people like that are fine. <laughs> pussies, uh, pussies, I mean, people. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> you know, some folks would be like, "That's kind of interesting." I'd like to read a book about that. But then there's the even smaller, you know, the the person who's going to wait out by the tour bus and get that autograph. They want the autograph, so they're going to buy a letter that the, that the person you know wrote while they were in prison. And then you have. The, you know, the, 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 the rock world groupie who wants to you know, get on the bus and you have, you know, the person who wants to go to the prison and meet the, uh, the, the, you know, the, the, the inmate. I suppose I just made a comparison of myself to groupies, which that's not <laughs> why I do what I do. I don't see myself as being a rock and roll groupie, but that's just a. To kind of making an analogy that works for the no, show. I know, that, that makes, that makes perfect fucking sense. Some people are going to want not be happy with reading a book. Right. I've read true crime, you know, books, and then I remember when I read The Night Stalker by, uh, uh, you know, Philip, Philip Carlo, and then I went and met Richard and asked him about the book, and he's like, oh, yeah, that, that part wasn't true. No, no, that didn't happen. And I was just like, what the fuck did I read this thing for? <laughs> right, it, right. You know, right. how much of this is true? And he goes, maybe 75%. And I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah. And that was it. I don't right. want to read books because they're bullshit. True crime books are written by a person generally who wants to make money. And, I mean, I've dealt with some really shady true crime authors who will lie. Uh, they, they paint the inmates out to be people they are not because they're catering to this true crime culture. And, and most people in that culture do want the serial killer to be this larger than life villain they don't want to see the similarities they want to know that they are as far removed from that person as possible when in reality these aren't monsters or goblins or warlocks they're people they're just like you they are just like you there's there's they breathe they eat they poop you know there's not you know they, uh, so yeah i um that's that's kind of that you know in a nutshell why people uh people are always going to want to do it or be sure. interested in that you know darker points of history so, and, and and it's not going to i didn't start it and it's not going to stop and i didn't start the, the crime collecting when when dillinger was shot people were dipping handkerchiefs in blood when lincoln died they pulled apart the house he died in uh, when, you know, you know, nooses were routinely hung up or cut up after executions, given out to prominent, you know, mailed first to the governor, stuff like that. And this collecting true crime trinkets is absolutely nothing new. No, right. nothing at all. What are, what are your thoughts about the people who want to make it illegal for you to sell true crime merchandise on uh, murder auction? I, I guess I wish those people would just say it like it is. They do not believe in capitalism. They do not believe in America. Uh, they believe in a an authoritarian police state uh, where inmates don't have rights and citizens don't have rights. They should just out and say it. 
I'm tired of victims, advocates, and people who want to put me in prison saying that I believe in capitalism, but, but bullshit, man. You don't believe in capitalism. Just own it. Say it. Say you hate freedom. Right. Don't, no, don't dance around with this bullshit. Oh, I believe in the Constitution. No, you don't. No, you don't at all. Because if you did, you wouldn't be trying to put me in in jail or worse. Right, right. They don't believe in that. And I get it, man. If somebody raped and murdered my little dog, I'd be devastated, man. And I couldn't He's even imagine dog. if somebody did that to, like, my mother or to a niece or a nephew. It would break me. A part of me would be broken, I'm sure. But that doesn't give me the right to tell everybody they have to stop collecting artwork and letters. I'm sorry, victims' rights end where my rights begin. Right. And that's just the way love goes. We live in America. You know, why don't you shove off to China or, you know, North Korea? And then you can talk to the, the leaders and you can tell right. them we should put people in prison who do this. And they might listen. But right. here in America, that shit don't fly. Yeah, that's that's a good point, man. Now, how can people find you online, William? I know you got a lot going on. Is there any one specific, or how would you, uh, for people listening that want to check you out and find out more about what you got going on? I don't have a Twitter account yet, I, and I've been really getting hounded by a few people to, to set one up. And I suppose I'll, you know, get with the get with the program, you know, sooner or later. I mean, I have a Facebook page. Uh, you know, William Harder. It's it's uh, it's a personal page. I you know, and I as, as long as people don't you know you know post racist you know or extreme extremely uh, xenophobic shit on my page, I I'll pretty much accept most people as my uh, as a as a friend. I try to be gracious and answer questions, although I do get inundated sometimes. Uh, you know, the websites are are all there. We uh, along with Satan Central and uh, Murder Auction and uh, Psycho Killer Bobbleheads, I own a little website called StopTrusting.com, which basically just tells stuff that says to stop trusting the police. Not that I'm a lawless person, but uh, I've just had some experience with law enforcement. <laughs> right, right, we all have. You know, I have to. <laughs> yes, uh, unfortunately, I, uh, I, I, hold, I hold law enforcement officers to a higher standard, and... Uh, I wish the rest of the country did, and I don't believe you should blindly trust uh, anybody, but certainly not a person who, when they go through training for their job, they're instructed not to believe anything you say. Right. I mean, why would you blindly trust that person? I mean, their job is to arrest you if they think you've done something. Uh, think. If they think you've done something wrong, it's their job to get as many charges put on you as possible. And, and that's not, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, there's a, uh, the four websites, and as of right now, that's I don't even have an Instagram. I'm I'm pretty. I don't want to say I'm off the grid because I, I'm, I'm not. Nah, but we I don't just, have one. We either. don't have we one either. I don't on, even have a we personal need to get on one. That shit too. Yeah, there's Tumblr and Snapchat <laughs> so and all these shit. things. I'm, I know. Yeah, I mean, I'm 42 years old. Come on, kids. <laughs> I hear I you, brother. I got these, got these 22 year old girls. Get a Snapchat. Get a Snapchat. And I'm like, why do I want to get a Snapchat? I don't no why Snapchat. don't use Facebook? I'm like. So well, why don't you set up a Facebook just for me? You want me to set up a Snapchat just for you? Right? Yeah, and, Jesus Christ. I mean, it's, it's too much, man. I yeah. got too much going on in my life. So I know. It's tough if to anybody keep up wants with to, it. You know, it it's, it's very difficult. And it's, you know, you got to remember, I'm the one, you know, packing these orders. So 
Hey, I mean, I got two full sets on top of other things. I don't know if Rob mentioned, but we just got uh, accepted in the National uh, Bobblehead Hall of Fame. Oh, he did mention he that. said he was yeah, working yeah, on awesome. it, so you got you, it. You did get accepted? They want to build a, uh, not a, a, a wing, but a, a little section they're going to call it the Hall of Shame, though, is what they're, <laughs> they, they're because they're in such quote-unquote bad taste, they're not exactly sure if they want to put them with the the tasteful. Right, now the baseball right, players right. and shit. Yeah. Yeah, they're not going yeah, to be with the Giants players <laughs> you know, and, yeah. uh, and uh, the, uh, the, the San Jose Sharks. They're right. not going to have them next to those guys. Right, it's kind of put them you know, in a little corner. Right. So, yeah, no, we, I, we, just, we just found out. That's, uh, cool. that's awesome, man. Glad to hear it. Late last week. Thank Glad you. Do you, uh, you got anything else you want to add? Is anything you want to talk about? I'm glad I... Uh, I, uh, you know, if, if you're into this stuff and, and you want to buy it, and I mean, a lot of people ask, well, I saw on, you know, Facebook, somebody was selling this and I'm not telling people they, you, you can, whatever you can get a deal one, but you know, be careful and be mindful. People that say they're your friends and, you know, you got to realize a person who's trying to sell you something isn't necessarily your friend and be very careful. You know, people who, you know, deal in this type of memorabilia as a, as a business, as, as a sole way to make money, think of it as a person trying to sell you a car. Uh, I, I, speaking for myself, I don't care if you buy something from me or not. I'm not going to try to push anything on you. With murder auction, I'm not going to see pictures of your family. Uh, you know, you register, you, you buy from me, you don't buy from me. Um, you know, uh, I, I, it, it's, it's a very safe, secure place. Uh, we have, you know, some of the, you know, some of the people that got this hobby going are members of the people that were, you know, were writing Charles Benson and Ed Gein. Before that was a cool thing to do. I mean, guys have been doing this since, you know, before I was born. So we're self-policed. It's uh, it's fun. And this hobby can be fun. But I, I, I know some people I've met recently have been turned off by having extremely negative experiences with uh uh, you know, some of these folks that they do this as a way to make money and they hustle people, you know, the Gacy, somebody tries to sell you a Gacy painting for $200 or, or, or Gaskin hair for 75, right. do your homework. If something's too good to be true, it probably chances is. Are it is. Right. Yeah, it probably right. is. Yeah. That's true. That's true. And, so don't, and then I've, and I've met people they, who've said, yeah, that's sorry. SOB, but we offer a Gacy painting. You know he got you know he got seven hundred and fifty dollars and um you know and I feel bad they're they're so turned off and jaded to the whole you know hobby they don't want to collect and I'm like that sucks man I wish I'd have got to you and was able to sell you something you know that you'd be happy with and see that not everybody who does this because it's not my job and so this just you know just uh, some free advice you know yeah you can take it you cannot take it and. uh um, you know, collect the unexpected. It's fun. It's, uh, it's, it's, and, you know, try writing a letter. I know this podcast centers around, you know, um, you know, murder, metal, and mayhem. So if, if you really are that interested, you pick up a letter and write. It, it's, it's nothing is like that first letter. You get it in the mail and it's addressed to you and it's, uh, you know, it's fun. And it can be fun. And that's what life's about, man, because I'm a, uh, I'll end on this note. You are all going to die soon. Right? <laughs> Sooner than you like. And so my advice is to strongly, as, as the strong, the most strongly advice I can give 
is to enjoy life while you have it. Life is worth living because you will be dead soon enough and you will be dead for a real long time. Well, definitely good advice. And thanks, Rob, or I'm sorry, William, for doing this interview with Murder Metal Mayhem. We appreciate it. And thanks for the support you guys at Psycho Killer Bobbleheads have been giving our podcast. Yes, thank you very much. Best of luck to you guys and everything you got going on. Thank you, thank you. Thanks for having me. Hail hey. Satan. Hail Satan. <laughs> All right, take it easy, man. Thanks for, Thanks a lot. Eat you guys. So that was a pretty interesting conversation. Yeah, man. listening to fucking William talk is like, oh, just like yeah. awesome. I I, yeah. I like listening to what he says. Yeah, for sure. And that connection wasn't the greatest. Where he lives, he said, is outside of town uh, in that San Francisco area, uh, in the town that he lives in. And his reception has been bad. He's been kind of fighting with Verizon, he said. So we apologize for a little bit of rough spots there. But overall... Overall, um, it was a good interview. It's and good stuff. That could you imagine, like through marriage, even just being related to Dude. Dorothea Puente? <laughs> yeah. Now, if you're not familiar with Dorothea Puente, they've got a, a bobblehead of her in their collection, which I, we thought was interesting. And that's where it came up when we interviewed Rob Murray, and he said, "Oh, that was his grandmother." Yeah, his, we were like, "What?" Wait, hold on. That's really William's grand. He's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." yeah. <laughs> the and then when you watch him on Serial Killer Culture TV, uh, he's got the uh, urn the ashes, with the ashes yeah. in there. <laughs> That's so it's just crazy. And the thing that I was amazed at is he's totally cool with like laughing about it. Like It doesn't okay. upset him. Like I sent him a picture of this shirt. Right. The Dorothea Puente. Bed and breakfast. Bed and breakfast. <laughs> and... And he thought it was funny, you know. So he's like, where'd you get that? Because <laughs> uh, he said he tried to buy. He was interested in buying her house, but they wanted like an insane amount of money for it. Right. That went, dude. Yeah, yeah, I got my serial killer grandma's house. How fucked right? would that be, dude? <laughs> if you're not familiar with Dorothea Puente, uh, definitely Google it. But she is an old lady who took in elderly male boarders and just killed took, them and, and kept their social, kept their security, social security. Yeah. Took and all buried them in the backyard. It's like, I'm getting rich somehow. Bro. Pretty fucking brutal, <laughs> man. So, so yeah, that's just crazy uh, that he's related to her. Even like you said, even if it is by marriage. So definitely check out murder auction.com or satancentral.com and psycho killer bobblehead.com without a doubt, without a <laughs> doubt. Now, had the chance to talk with Bob Weiss again, uh, owner of Shakers in Milwaukee. We've talked about him a lot. Yep. Um, we had a blast up there in August. We played the episode in uh, October since it fit with the theme of the of the month. And so I'm going to be going back up there at the end of the month with Jenny, uh, one of the now, Hangman I know tours. You, yeah, I know you're not... I know you're getting a hotel room, so Jenny didn't want to stay in the dead hookers room. Um, it's not. <laughs> she didn't. It's not that she didn't want to because she's like afraid or anything. She just right. was like, it just like, eh. You Let's know. just get a fucking hotel. Fuck yeah, it. it's just. I, we, I know. I, and Bob offered, but we were like, no, nah, it's cool, man. You know. So, right. Right. So yeah, we're gonna do the ghost tour, and uh, we're not gonna do the Dahmer tour as well because I'm having this issue with my foot. <laughs> it's a lot of walking with both of them, so we're just gonna do the uh, ghost tour at Shakers. Um, and so uh, we've talked, of course, with him about us going back up there, uh, which would be awesome. 
And I know we were trying to pull it off before the summer, but it hasn't worked yeah, out. So we're probably the very beginning of the fall. We'll get up there. About the same time. Yeah. Yep. Get it. Yeah, for sure. Um, now, do you know why they call Milwaukee the cream city? I assumed it was for a different reason. I don't know if you know why. Um, but I know he calls it the Cream City Cannibal Tour. I was just going to say because Dahmer was blowing his jizz all over dudes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I thought that it, for some reason, I thought they like they started making cream soda there or something like that. Uh. <laughs> but it's not. It's because of the yellow and cream-colored bricks throughout the city. So if you're wondering where that Cream City Cannibal thing comes yeah, that's from. Yeah, fucked. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't either. So uh, I I Googled it, and there it was. So that's kind of cool. Uh, now, Bob also gets into the people that, uh, you know, think it's not right to make money, just like William did. And so you'll hear his, his, his stance side of on it. it. Yeah. And again, you know, we know there's both sides. We like to present both of them when we can. And I think you guys will like to hear what he's got to say. He's a very articulate he, guy. Yeah, he's very smart. He knows what he's talking about. Super he articulate. Is. And he's opening up, or he has opened up, a bar in Savannah, Georgia. Yeah, another haunted, haunted bar. And then he's looking at one, or he has ready uh, one coming up in um, New Orleans. So he's going to have the three of them. Dude, New Orleans cool. is going to be scary. Oh, the, all yeah. the voodoo and shit, bro. Yeah, shit. I don't know about that. It's definitely going to be some crazy <laughs> shit there. And he was talking about that he had an interesting potential tie-in between the two bars, which is kind of crazy with an axe. The, the Savannah and the New Orleans? Yeah. Oh, that's fucked. Yeah. I'm curious Very about interesting. That. I'm not going to say any more because I don't know what he wants to be yeah, no, broadcast right, to the exactly. world. But Bob's got some really cool stuff going on with his research for the properties, and it sounds very, very interesting. Yeah, um, and unfortunately, I wasn't able to be here for this yeah. And not unfortunately. It was just my dumb ass forgetting because I was busy doing shit. But well, it was a, it, you know, whenever we do those, it's always like Sunday at one o'clock. It's like weird times. Right. But it's all right. But Pete did a great fucking job on the interview. Well, Bob thanks. fucking appreciate Bob fucking doing the interview. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah Bob matter. is is always fun to interview. And he talks also about what it was like to meet Dahmer, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. And that empty stare that. and all that. So it's definitely worth checking out. So go ahead and kick back and we'll play the Bob Weiss interview. All right. I have the privilege of speaking with Bob Weiss, owner of Shaker Cigar Bar in Milwaukee and the man behind the Dahmer Cream City Cannibal Tour and the Hangman Ghost Tours, a friend and supporter of the show and a merchant of mur- murderbilia with his own unique corner on the market. Bob, always a pleasure for Murder Metal Mayhem to be speaking with you. How are you doing? Pete, it is truly my privilege to be on your program yet again. Uh, I am doing extraordinarily well, and, uh, well, let's get this thing going. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I got to say, Shaker's got to be hands down in my top five favorite places ever. So I love that place. (laughs) And you are the master custodian of it, so it's an honor to have you on here. So awesome. Now, we had a great time at Shaker's last summer doing the Dahmer uh, tour and the ghost tour of the bar. The Dahmer Tour, we know, was featured on Dark Tourist on Netflix. Can you tell our listeners a little bit more about the Dahmer Cream City Cannibal Tour and how that all got going? Absolutely. 
Um, first of all, when Netflix did this, they selected eight locations in the entire world, and you're honored to be one of those eight locations that they picked for a venue that supports, promotes, and or has a rather unique slant on dark tourism, and that certainly is the Cream City Cannibal Tour. So how this came about, well, I guess there's a couple of ways, but um, my old girlfriend and I were in Key West probably 12 years ago, and when we'd meet people, they'd say, where are you from? And we'd say, we're from Milwaukee, and people would say, oh, <laughs> so you know, we, we heard this throughout Key West. We heard this throughout our time in New Orleans as we're just we're taking ghost tours to compare our product to their product. And then it occurred to me that overwhelmingly people identified not Laverne and Shirley, not Brewtown, but they identified <laughs> Dahmer with Milwaukee and vice versa. So um, as we consider ourselves to be as much historians as we are entertainers, uh, we took it upon ourselves to research the backstory, both historians and docents as much as entertainers, and it was then our objective to put together a real solid tour, which we've done. So um, we've been used by a variety of different products, and, and Netflix has us out now, and there's another Netflix thing that's coming, and the Travel Channel's coming to do a piece on the Cream City Cannibal Tour because we literally have folks uh, coming to Milwaukee specifically to take the Jeffrey Dahmer Cream City Cannibal Tour from as far away as Saudi Arabia, as far wow. as uh, Korea, uh, as far as, as India, just flying into Milwaukee to take our tour and then to be on their way because they have a fascination with serial killers, with Dahmer, with true crime, with whichever one of these, these concepts might be. And That's amazing. We have, it, 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 my God, it really is. And it is a privilege for us to have people coming from Tither and Yan, uh, Argentina, just to take <laughs> our tour. So, um, you know, we, we do the tour, and we do a hell of a job with that, and that's both on the Cream City Cannibal site and just on our Hangman Tour site. And we went from having one tour per week to now having four tours each on Friday and Saturday nights, and we're expanding into a matinee series as well wow. just for the Cream City Cannibal Tour. That yeah. is amazing. That is amazing. Now, I, I've taken the tour. It's fantastic. Uh, very, very informative. It took about a good solid hour we walked around, as you're well aware, but it was just such a cool thing. So definitely anybody listening that's not familiar, definitely get yourself up there to Shakers to check that out. Now, what do you think, Bob, about people that say it's wrong to make money from that sort of industry? You know, I, I've got some very significant thoughts about this, and the big thing is that you can go back to the 1800s in Britain where they developed, I think, the modern-day industry for merchandise selling uh, and memorabilia really came out of Britain, and uh, they were masters at an entire series of, uh, like, these Kenny Blood booklets that came out, and uh, then the Mystery of London series. So while they were pitching the entire concept of, of just miscellaneous mayhem and murder and things of that nature, uh, it really expanded to something beyond that point. And we as humans have this morbid fascination. Um, and you know whether it's with just with purely with death, whether it's the crime component, you put the two together and now you've really got something taking place. But just as you see accidents on the expressway and you see a semi has rolled into a car or something and people slow down and you know they're right. all they're all 
craning their necks. It's right. the same kind of a concept. And then you've got the sensationalism that, frankly, the media really plays up because this boosts the ratings and the ratings go up and they can sell more subscriptions to things. But the media loves death and they love gore and they love reporting upon shootings and murders and all sorts of crime sprees. And that only works because people want to see it. People want to buy it. We have this fascination. So if you look at our tours, Pete, the vast majority of people taking the Cream City Cannibal Tour are women between 25 and 40 years old. Wow. The vast majority are college educated, and they're buying the shirts. They're buying the things with the, the graphic picture of Dahmer on the front side for a mugshot and with the number 17 on the back for the number of Vicks that he had admitted to. And you can look at that from the outside and say, my God, this is bizarre and, and malicious <laughs> and morbid. But the reality is we sell that product because people want to buy it. And right. it's the same thing with all the, the Gacy clowns or any of the Manson oh, sure. images or you know the, the things that, that people take their own blood and, and are making pictures out of. And you know the, the hair weaving as well. Right. There's nothing that's new here, and none of that would exist if there wasn't a market for it. And I will tell you, Pete, it is a huge, huge market. Oh, yeah. So the fact that we're making money off this, well, yes, we, we do make money off this. It is a business product for us. But at the same time, it's there to reinforce the primary product, which is the tour, and then to um, fill this niche demand that people have for things. And yeah. I think kind of that is the whole talisman thing, Pete. You know, it's like you, you wear a picture of a Satan thing on your shirt because, well, you know, part of you is fascinated by it and part of you just wants to be defiant and get your horns up. And the other part is like, well, I hope the hell I don't meet this guy. So maybe this, <laughs> this image is going to keep him away. If I were right. a Dahmer shirt, maybe as interested as I am, Pete, I, I don't want to meet Dahmer. So. No, no, neither <laughs> of us know. do. <laughs> well, you know, like we see this with the podcast. I mean, our hits and listens are exploding. And like you said, there's obviously a need. There's a want for the product. So, uh, you know, mm -hmm. same type of thing. It is uh, really incredible. Now, uh, with Dahmer... Um, is it true uh, that he was a frequent customer at Shakers? Well, I, you know, I hate saying frequent. I, what I will say is that there was a period in 1990 and 91 where we probably saw him every, at one point, probably every two or three weeks. Uh, mostly it was every six weeks. Nobody had a clue who he was except right. for the fact that he was a little bit odd. So <laughs> there's an understatement. <laughs> right. walk in. And when you, when you come to Shakers, we are 30-some people on staff, and all but three are female. And it's been that way since the 80s when I opened up. So uh, Dahmer was insistent when he came in, and, of course, the alternative life bar, uh, lifestyle bars were to the north of us or to the south of us, and Shakers was all corporate America kind of thing for lunch at least. And uh, he would come in, wouldn't talk to anybody. He had these eyes that I will never forget. They're like a dead shark eye that would just into you. Wow. But he would come to the bar and he would not talk to the female staff. He was insistent that a man would come out of the kitchen, one of the chefs, mostly me, to make him a gin and tonic. And I mean, there wasn't any inter any interaction beyond that taking place. He didn't talk to you. He didn't want to talk to you. Right. He just kind of drank his straw, sipping out of a straw and glaring at the normal people that were there. Interesting. So um, how we even knew it was him, Pete, is that we well, we do a lot of law enforcement things, as you're aware of. So, yeah. Um, the night that he was uh, he was caught in July, uh, we had a customer come in late at night, eleven thirty, eleven o'clock, somewhere's in there, named Tom Jacobson. Tom uh, had the contract with the city of Milwaukee for cleaning up all the crud. So 
we, they got the call, and on the cover of Life magazine and Look magazine, they are the ones that are carrying out the refrigerators full of oh. body parts and the heads. Oh, yeah, very famous, so, iconic picture. Absolutely. So Tom and one of his guys shows up late at night, and they were whiskey drinkers. They asked for a bottle of whiskeys, thing we generally don't do. They told us what they'd been through, and they just started drinking that and that and that. And, you know, oh candidly, we're God. probably there until 4 o'clock in the morning until we finally booted them out. <laughs> and then I get a call at about 7 or 7.30 in the morning from uh, some of the feds that we know asking if I would open early uh, because they wanted to have a, a conversation with some of the local media. And, uh, of course, I said yes. So, bleary-eyed, I'm down there you know, shortly thereafter <laughs> in the morning, and it's some of the feds, and it's the DA's office and MPD. And they invited some of the local media that they wanted to talk to because this – this phalanx of, of, of national people was going to come to town and they didn't want to talk to him. So um, as, as I'm there behind the bar and you've got half a dozen people or more that are just sitting around, they're pulling out the mugshots and they're talking about this. And I'm like, holy cow, stop right there. I recognize this guy. And this is my story on that. So oh, wow. you can't say that, you know, I, I had intimate conversations with him or anything else, but sure. I mean, he was this freak that I will never forget. Oh, wow. And he drank gin and tonic. Interesting, yeah. interesting. Well, now, um, we know as uh, both of us, of course, the history of Shakers is just so rich with this type of stuff, with the murder and the, the, the stories of prohibition and, the, and the, uh, <laughs> all the goings on there. Now, what got, was that what got you going on the Hangman Ghost Tours there, or were you interested in that before you took the bar over in the 80s? Oh, man, Pete. In 1986, I came out of Chicago because my ex-wife wanted to settle down you know, back where we're from here. So um, I looked at a number of properties in Milwaukee, and that's the one that really resonated with me. It, it picked me more than I picked it in this beautiful <laughs> 1894 building and this rich woodwork. And nobody talked about past. Nobody talked about prohibition. Nobody talked about the ghost aspect. But literally from day one, we took about three months to put it together. From day one, we knew there was something that was going on, and it it just kind of developed by itself. We it was not my intent to do a ghost thing at all because <laughs> no one did that. Um, my point was to shake up the local food and beverage scene and have this fog seed diner thing going on, which we do. And even to this day, more than half our clientele any given week is from Chicago Marketplace. And that's oh, wow. that's what our our thing really is. But enough things were happening, and then we had people would ask questions. They, you know, talk to staff and staff's talking about what happened this week or what happened here, or the lights over here, or the sounds or this or this. So now we've got people saying, Hey, can we look in the basement? Because we hear a lot of stuff. Yeah, go ahead, you know, help yourself. So then people are like, Well, can you tell a story about this? I said, Well sure, these are the experiences. So over the first year or two years, I start to just write things down, all these stories that my staff is talking about, customers, the things that I see. And then I started going to the library and I started doing some research and then we were able to ascertain that in 1924, the Capones, you are well familiar with them, oh, yeah. um, expanded their territory into Wisconsin. It was like the Wild West. And uh, one of the places they acquired was what is now Shakers. And it had been a cooperage house at one point. They made wooden barrels there. So they put a prohibition bar in the back, that beautiful oak and mahogany bar, and then they have a speakeasy there with the entrance to the back, and then they had brothels on the second and third floor. The brothels remained, by the way, till 1946, so Milwaukee has a huge history with brothels and things of that nature, which is why we do the Horning 20s tour, right? Uh, because that kind of really caps that off as well. So these things just kind of came from themselves and organically grew and grew and grew. 
So, uh, yeah, so that's very, uh, you know, a, a deep history there. And so you got started on doing the, uh, the tours then from all your experiences? Correct. And every time we, we found more things that were taking place and that they repeated themselves often enough, then we go to the Historical Society, uh, either in Milwaukee or in Madison or the archives portion of the library. Man, is there some cool stuff in the 1800s there. Oh, I'm sure. And that, that really opened so many doors and windows to us about things that nobody even knew anymore. Uh, so even before the Capones were there, where Shakers is located was one of the three original cemeteries in the state of Wisconsin for non-indigenous people. So as the European settlers came and they died, they were, they were buried there. And then if their family cared enough, they'd be moved to the Forest Home Cemetery because the city of Milwaukee expanded outward. And um, there's, there's just a ton of energy that's there. And yeah. we are the benefactors of that. So. Yeah, that's for sure. It's just such a cool thing. And I've done that tour in, the, in Shakers so many different times. It's just every time I hear something different, I have a weird experience maybe I didn't have before. It's just so cool. And anybody listening that's interested in what we're talking about, we did an episode uh, last October on Shakers, the whole episode. So definitely check that out. Now, Bob, I remember I first saw you on John Borowski's documentary, Serial Killer Culture, and you've done lots of this type of stuff. Anything new coming out? I know you mentioned a couple of things when we started, uh, things coming up that uh, feature you and or Shakers. The, uh, the Ghost Adventurer series is a new product that's coming out. It's a mini-series. And they're doing two portions on us. They're filming for four days in June, the 1st through the 4th. Uh, unfortunately, they're closed sets. Um, but the bulk of that is going to be, well, it's pretty evenly split. So half is going to be on the ghost tours and the storylines of Shakers. And then the other half is going to be on, our, of course, our resident serial killer, Jeffrey Dahmer. So nice. um, it's a neat little product. And, uh, in fact, I believe they, they have John Borowski as uh, one of the researchers for that. Oh, great. Uh, as well as, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, Michael Taylor as well, who does a lot of things with Ross Allison, has been brought on. And he's done, he and Ross have done a piece at Shakers that will be out maybe this year on Netflix. I think it's going to be called Ghost Sex, and that's about people having sex <laughs> in, the, in our penthouse uh, you know, with spirits. So I mean, why not, right? I right. Mean, why not? <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> now, uh, I just booked a, a tour because I know that I'm going to be coming up there at the end of the month. I'm up of the end of May, I should say. Very excited to see the place again. But how do people get on and book a Cream City Cannibal or Hangman Ghost Tour? Thank you for asking. Uh, you could go to hangmantours.com, uh, and that will get you the entire series of our five primary tours, and we're expanding into the bloody Third Ward Tour this year as well. Um, but hangmantours.com will get you everywhere you need to get. Um, or you could go to Milwaukee's Haunted Bar. You know, It's one of the five most haunted bars in the country. That'll lead you in the Jeffrey Dahmer Cream City Cannibal Tour. It's hard not to find us if you just start typing a few simple things in, but hangmantours.com is the best source. Yeah, and I used it with my phone that, that night. I asked you about it, and I, it was super easy, very simple, bam, bam, signed up. So anybody listening, no excuse. Get on there and book a tour 
and go check it out because this place is truly incredible. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Bob, for doing the interview. I look forward to seeing you guys again here soon. And hopefully Murder Metal Mayhem can get back up there this fall to do a podcast uh, from Shakers. I know we talked about doing some more one-on-one stuff with you and some of your staff and some of the crazy stories and things that have happened. I've heard a lot of them from you firsthand, but I bet a lot of people would love to hear you tell a few tales. So, I am always honored to be on your program. Thank you very much for the opportunity. And uh, again, I look forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks as well. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Bob, and uh, we'll see you soon. Cheers. Thanks. All right. See ya. The story about Dahmer's fucked up, ain't it? It's very Could fucked up. Could you imagine, up. like, seeing that shit? <laughs> no. I would Holy definitely fuck. be kind of weirded out, especially when you know what he did. And especially after you found out what he did. And then t- imagine talking to those guys that were hauling those refrigerators and shit out when they came <laughs> right. down to drink some whiskey. I mean, it's like, yeah, I wow. bet you need fucking whiskey right, right now. A couple bottles. Like, not uh, just yeah, one. a couple bottles each. That's fucked. I mean, definitely interesting. So go ahead and book your own tour there at Shakers, the hangmantours.com or uh, milwaukeeshauntedbar.com. There's there's several ways you could find it. But uh, Hangman Tours is awesome. The yeah, Cream City Cannibal time. Tours. And you, you can, you, if you put in your uh, reservations, you can get the upstairs room where the hookers stayed or whatever. Yeah. You yeah. book it out and you can stay there and see what happens. Yeah. And there are people that don't make it all night. I know the first night I stayed there by myself, uh, the couple that stayed there the night before left in an hour. They freaked out and really? ran out of there. Yeah, Jesus Christ. So it's kind of crazy. Uh, I've stayed up there once by myself, which was pretty crazy and weird. And then and the, the other last time, time when we went guys, up there, yeah. And that was cool with the group. I, I definitely enjoyed the group more. Not so much that I was scared it by wasn't myself. Fear. But it it's just like... Enjoying it is eerie, with, man. Yeah, but enjoying it with friends too. Like, totally. Yeah. Fuck I yeah, mean, it dude. makes it much more fun. It makes yeah. it way much more fun. Because I was, I was creeped out being there by myself. Once they locked the doors, it's like, uh, okay, right, I'm here, here in this I fucking am. building. After listening to the story after story after story dude, of shit that's happened there, that hooker ghost is going to rape you, dude. Oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> now, what do you think about the whole murder billia thing? We've heard from William. And we heard from Bob, and and we both respect those guys and their contribution. But what do you think? I mean, I I don't have an issue with it. No, I've never had a family member murder or anything. So my, I would like to think that that wouldn't change my mind because I feel like it's a not 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 an art form, but uh, it's a hobby to me. I guess that's what I but, was going to say too. The word yeah, hobby comes to yeah, mind. it's a hobby to me. And it doesn't it doesn't bother me. Yes, I feel bad for the victims. I feel bad for their families. And I but it's just it is kind of weird romanticizing these people. Right. But at the same time, it's what makes life life. You wouldn't have your good metal music. Right. There's a lot of metal music you wouldn't have without these serial killers and whatnot. There's a lot of good horror movies you wouldn't have without. So, I mean, it it helps with other art forms of life. It does. Yeah. I mean, it is fucked up. And like you said, it's hard to relate when you haven't had a family member that was killed by one of these fucks, you know? So I see that argument, but I'm with you. I think 
you know, it's your right to sell your stuff if you want to sell it. If somebody doesn't like it, then don't fucking look at it. Don't right. fucking exactly. go on the website and look at this shit. Just I mean, go on with your life and let that person do theirs. That's how I feel personally. But I can see, and William pointed it out as well. Hey, if that was one of my family members, I'd be pretty fucking I'd be jacked. Fucking, yeah. But that's certainly a very minute part of the population that's experienced that and an overwhelming desire that people have for this true crime stuff and the serial killer shit. They're just filling a need. And that's. And it's like, what's the difference between getting a painting from, say, fucking Don or Gacy? Right. And getting a painting from freaking, I don't know, James Hetfield if he fucking painted one or right. whatever. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I mean, you buy Stephen are... King books or books like that are about fucked up shit. That's how I feel about my writing. It's like people, you know, like with metal, they just they tend to really harp on the satanic or the dark or the evil shit. But yet there's movies and books about this shit and that somehow doesn't shit. get the same scrutiny as metal does. So I think it's all, you know, just personal taste. And I get the argument against it, but I'm... Like you, I think it's their right to sell it. I don't see yeah, anything 100%. wrong in it at all. Uh, so, you know, it is what it is. Again, if you're, it's not your thing, um, you know, it's understandable uh, if you don't like it. So whatever. Um, now if we you did, don't like it, you're listening to the wrong motherfucking podcast. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> now, the research for this one, a few YouTube videos, uh, like you talked about the ones bashing the murderbilia stuff. Um, now, from years of being interested into that. Years and years of being interested in serial killers and true crime in general right, and shit. Right. And obviously, we're doing a podcast on true crime so. and serial killers. And so we're in the business as well. So I think it was fun to talk about it uh, and listen to what those two had to say. So thanks again to William Harder, MurderAuction.com, Bob Weiss of Shakers and HangmanTours.com. Go check them out. And get your fucking murder on with those two. Yes, sir. Uh, definitely, Thank you, Will and Bob. Definitely awesome. Now, dude, next, I am so fucking pumped for next week, dude. That's right. The dude, Mother's Day episode last so year was so fucking good. off the hook. Yeah, fucking Catherine Knight. But yeah, Catherine no, this Knight. one's like just like in a different league. It's just like. It is, man. It, it's This mental. was your call. <laughs> dude, when I told you about this shit. Oh, my God. Like, I didn't know who she was. Sounds kind of uninspiring. Barbara Opal. Yeah, but she okay. didn't kill anybody. Right. That's what's fucked. <laughs> That's what's fucked because she fucking commanded her fucking teenage kids and their friends to beat and stab this motherfucker to death. Oh, my God. Brains on the fucking ceiling. I mean, Got a brutal shit. kid cleaning up brains Then they went blood. to Denny's afterward and had breakfast. So fucked. So, yeah, Jesus that's, that's going to be a good, some good shit. So, yeah, another Mother's Day uh, special from us. This one should be good. We did the last one. It was like a month after we started the show. Yeah, so, yeah. so now a year into it from then, and and so it's Mother's funny. Day. Mother's Day. I'm gonna go to. Uh, I'm gonna go to a goddamn baseball game. <laughs> you are. Mother's You're Day. awful, dude. <laughs> yeah, you guys buy Cubs tickets and don't realize it's fucking Mother's <laughs> didn't, Day. Didn't even realize it was on Mother's Day. Jesus oh fuck. man, you and Michael in the doghouse with Ma back, man. <laughs> Oh, fuck. So, yeah, you definitely don't want to miss next week. I'll tell you that. Barbara Opel, O-P-E-L. Google that 
and listen to what we got to say about it. So I don't know. Do you hear something in the background, dude? I think I hear that train, man. It's that 920 with CK. He's fucking ready for this shit. Fucking A. Misfits. Let's get our fucking metal on. Fuck yeah, man. Uh, Destruction doing a little holiday in Cambodia. You got to lo- love a good cover song, man. That's right. Dead Kennedys little, by a German little band. DKs. That's yeah. right. That's right. We got CK coming in on that 920. What you doing, man? Just hanging out. You know, we've, we've done, you know, tell my story today. You know, awesome. Usual. Awesome. Our Tuesday thing. Yep. Yep. That's cool, man. Look forward every Tuesday. Every That's Tuesday. That's awesome. Yeah, same here, man. I always uh, look forward to doing these as well. And this one's going to be fun. I know that when we talked about doing this Murderbilia episode, you wanted to do the the band that we're going to do. And we were like, hell yeah, dude. That sounds yeah, like not? a plan. Like you know, why not? Go. So Yeah, no, they're, they're not really metal. But as everybody knows, they, they've influenced, you know, especially – Metallica, especially Cliff Burton, was a big, big fan of these guys. You know, right? He probably did the most to get to get the word across for for this band. You know, when he was around, and he, he was always wearing that Crimson Ghost Misfit shirt. Uh, dude, so a lot of metalheads he, fucking wear that shit. I think I had and, one yeah. at one time too. So, so needless to say, we are doing the Misfits tonight. That's cool, man, and it definitely fits with the theme of the show, the Murderbilia. Yeah, definitely. Murderbilia, they're they they're they're definitely, you know they came up with the term, I guess, horror punk or you know, in that vein of, of, of genre of punk hardcore. Um they formed in nineteen seventy seven in, in Lodi, Jersey. And again, you know, the two main players are Glenn Danzig and Jerry Only. I'm not gonna go through the drummers and, and all the bass because there's just too many to name. There's been so many, like, from 77 to 83 before Danzig, like, there's just too many to name. Oh, I'm sure. Um, you know, they started them, and it was a three-piece. Um, started on Lodi, New Jersey. Started writing songs. Um, put out their first single, Cough Cool, in 77 on Blank Records. Now the funny thing about that is, the the record label Mercury Records wanted to use the blank name, so what they did was they offered the Misfits thirty hours of professional studio time to um get the rights to the name, so the, so the Misfits could go in and record an album for free. Oh, that's fucked up. Yeah, so I mean, I guess I guess that was probably a good idea on their part. Probably um, yeah. maybe they should have maybe maybe they should have gotten money, but who knows? But he had thirty hours of free spare time, so they recorded what was was, was supposed to be their first album, um, Static Age. Recorded it, didn't get any bites from any record labels. Um, kind of shelved it. But what they did do was they um started putting out singles under their own under their own um 
label, Plan 9. And this is where dancing and journaling were pretty much like do-it-yourself guys uh, back then. You know, no help from any record labels, no help from major labels. They were pretty much doing everything on their own. I love DIY. Yeah, DIY, yeah. we all about that, that's for sure. You know, so they so over pretty much the course of from like 78 to 83, 82, they put out some singles from, from that album, which was shelved. Um, they, they did not really come out with the first album until properly until 1982. And that was um, Walk Among Us. It was um, recorded in 82 on Ruby Records. Um, it's a classic album. Um, good hardcore, fast hardcore. Um, some of the songs, they're not that well known, but um, 20 Eyes, All Hell, All Hell Breaks Loose, Night of the Living Dead, Violent World, Devil's Whorehouse. I love that one. Yeah. Hate, Bre- Hate Breeders, who Hate Breed from Connecticut was named after. I was going to say, is yeah. that where Hate Breed got their name from? Yeah, like, fuck for, yeah. yeah that's, from, I, that, from that song, yeah. Um, so, pretty much from like 82, from 82 to 83, they weren't that prolific as far as putting out albums. Because in, in reality, they only put out Walk Among Us and, and Earth AD, um, Wolf's Blood, in 83, which was, if, if you're, if if you want if you want a good hardcore album, that's the album to have. That's the one where Metallica basically got all the covers from. Right. Um, and they know, did Green a bunch Hell, of them. Green Hell is good. Green Hell, Die Die My Darling. Um, all those songs were from this album, and, and it's a it's a pretty heavy hardcore album. It, it's really good. Now, um, Am I Evil was from them or not from them? No, Am I Evil was Diamond Head. Okay. That, that was a new wave of British heavy metal band. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Um, so as far as like albums with Glenn Danzig, they weren't that prolific. Um, so basically the, the original myth, myth, it's only, I mean, and the funny thing is, is there was so, if you think about it, now there, there are, this era was so influential. This era only lasted from like 77 to 83. Wow, that's huh. a short time. With, with, with Glenn Danzig. Um, about the summer of 83, Glenn Danzig wasn't, you know, he wasn't into what the Misfits were doing. He wanted to get in something a little bit more heavier, I guess a little bit more kind of metal. Um, so he left the Misfits, and he went on to form Sam Hain. Um, Sam Hain did go on to put out like a couple albums on the Plan 9 album on the Plan 9 label as well. Um, those albums are, are extremely hard to find. There is a box set with them out that you could get. And also, um, all those singles that were released in between 83 and, and, and or 77 and 83, you could get those on Collection 1 and Collection 2 on, on CD if, if you're looking for them. They have all, all of them are available. Um, so the message disintegrated. Jerry only went and he's working in some family factory or some, or family business. Um, so of course, Danzig went on to form Sam Hain. As everybody knows, Sam Hain signed to um, Deaf American, 
which was Rick Rubin's label. Right, um, right. One of the first one of the first bands right after Slayer to sign a Deaf American. Um, change the name to Danzig, and you know that's all history. Now he put out that monstrous fucking first album, right? Which was which is which, which is a great album, and, and if and Lucifer's too right after that, it's another phenomenal album. But um, you know he's still putting out albums. Stay under Danzig. Um, ninety-five. Jerry only decided to reform the Misfits. Um, what happened was he got into litigation with Glenn Danzig over songwriting. He said he wrote twenty to thirty-three of the songs. Glenn Danzig said, "Fuck you! You didn't. I'm not giving you the fucking rights." Um, they went to court. Um, the way they settled those was Glenn Danzig took all the rights for songwriting. Jerry only, Jerry only got all the rights to the band name, to the merchandise, to the Crimson Ghost logo. Right. So I, I guess it worked out in the end. If you think about it, I'm sure Glenn fucking made out huge on all those fucking covers from, from Metallica. Oh, I have sure. no doubt, dude. You know. And the, not, even, to, not even just Metallica. There's been so many other people that have done Oh, yeah. Covers, I mean, so many yeah. other bands that have, that have covered these guys. It, it, it's crazy, you know. It's like I said, it, it was a small frame, time of frame where, where, where it was that band. And, and to think how influential, influential they are now. Right. It's kind, it's kind of amazing. It is amazing but, how um, many things that they did influence. Like you said, I mean, Metallica, and it goes on to a bunch of underground stuff. Um, just the, and everybody wearing that fucking shirt, that iconic oh, yeah. shirt, you know. And and you have people who don't know the fuck the misfits are wearing that shit. Of course, of course, you that, know that happens. So, um, what Jerry Jer, um, Jerry only reformed the misfits. He formed it with his brother Doyle von Frankenstein as as the guitar player, Doyle. and they found this dude named Michael Graves. And Mike Graves sounds very eerily like fucking Glenn Danzig. Really? Oh, uh, yeah. They actually put out two studio albums on Road Race in 97 and 98. Um, they were American Psycho and Famous Monsters. Um, they, they're actually decent albums. They weren't bad albums. Um, you know, it's not Danzig thing, but they were, for the most part, they weren't throwaway albums they were they were really good albums hmm. um graves eventually left um jerry only started playing with different people in the message um like des Canania from black flag uh marky ramon from the ramones was a drummer for a while no shit um yeah um he they actually put on an album a 1950s cover album with with that which is all right um, not bad, but he also put out, he actually put out a really good album in, um, 2011 called Devil's Reign with him singing. It's a really good album. Hmm. Um, eventually the remote, oh, won't you? okay. The Misfits, <laughs> um, only and dancing kind of got to talking and, um, on the 30th anniversary of of them forming they did a they did do a show went over pretty good um started doing more more reunion shows and um 
doing doing really well with it, and they're getting along. I don't know if they're ever gonna put out new music together, but you know, but if they're playing live, that's cool. And um, a couple years ago, I don't, I said nobody knows that um, Dave Lombardo is the drummer for the Misfits now, as we speak. Really, he's been a drummer for the Misfits. He's been a drummer for the Misfits and the Suicidal Tendencies at the God same damn. time. Wow. Evan Lombardo's a um, beast, though. He is a beast. Oh, yeah. Well, the Misfits, been, last year the Misfits were playing in New Jersey. We were going to go see him, but tickets were for like fucking shit seats for like 250 bucks. Oh, shit. Holy fuck, dude. You know, and it was the Misfits, Suicidal Tendencies, Cro-Mags. So you will see David, Bar- David Lombardo doing double duty that night. It would have right. been oh, fucking wow. amazing. That would have been badass. You know? Um. Uh, but you know they are playing reunion shows at the moment. Um, Dan Sig just is, is in the middle of releasing a, a an Elvis Presley covers album. Obviously, are you fucking <laughs> He looks like Tommy I mean, Karate. Yeah, you, can, he? you can look at him and yeah, okay, yeah, he's a cross between Tommy <laughs> Karate and Elvis Presley. <laughs> for real, God. So, yeah. Especially really, I mean, the guy, the guy's got the voice. That's for sure. I mean, some of his soul stuff has been spotty lately um like the first three albums the solo albums are really good the last couple are good the ones in between are, are you know hit or take once in a while but no i i mean i, I dig dancing i've always dig dancing i think i think he's he's cool um you know he's got muscles i don't know if he could fucking fight to save his life because i know he got knocked the fuck out <laughs> right i, re- I remember that yeah that yeah, was pretty funny that. that was pretty funny <laughs> You know. Well, that's cool, man. So, it was definitely good to talk about those guys. I mean, like you said, very influential. Um, anything else about uh, Misfits you want to wrap up with there, bro? Um, just like I know, like I said, they're you know, still doing reunion shows. Um, they're still, the Bardo's still playing with them. You know, maybe we'll see some new music with him and with, with, with dancing. Who knows? Maybe not. But, you know, definitely, definitely an influential band in the punk world and the hardcore world and definitely the metal world. And, you know, definitely, Cliff, definitely. Bar- Cliff Barton was the one who, you know, pretty much introduced people to the Misfits if nobody knew him. And um, pretty cool band. Thought it'd be a cool band to do. Yeah, that's very cool. Well, speaking of cool bands, man, I had a good one uh, on Sunday night uh, down in St. Louis with my son Joe. Got to check out some fucking Death Angel and Overkill. That was fucking wicked. Yeah, you at, did. At Walker. the uh, uh, Del Mar Hall, which is uh, right by, if you're familiar with St. Louis, it's right next to the uh, place where we saw King Diamond a few years ago, um, the uh, pageant, which is amazing. And they share a parking lot with Del Mar Hall, which is That's a smaller crazy. There's venue. Two venues just like close together, and they share a parking lot. That's fucking. Yeah, crazy. and the uh, pageant had a uh, like an R and B singer from like England, and then you had the Overkill Death Angel crowd right next to him. It was kind of crazy, uh, but uh, it was a great show. Um, Death Angel was unfucking believable. I've never seen them live before, so that was a treat. They sh- fucking killed it. Uh, Overkill had you know the headliner slot. They fucking tore it the fuck up. Uh, I'm not sure, but it looked like Bobby uh, was sick. The singer from Overkill, like he was like between songs, 
you saw him like behind the amps and he was like had his hands on his knees like bent over right, right. and then he would come running out when he would sing and then he would go back there he just was back there a lot i was like what's up with that so fuck fuck a bobby's a gamer man yeah oh he's he sounded he sounded to me sounded a little weak or a little tired so he might have been sick but like you said dude he's a gamer the place was i don't know if it was sold out but it was fucking packed i mean it was a great show uh, the crowd really got into it. There was some pit action. And didn't you uh, say you cool. actually ran into some people that recognized your shit? Yeah, we were over. There's a, a pizza joint across the street. And when we were there a few years before to see King, uh, uh, CK, we saw um, uh, Andy LaRoque and Mike Weed, yeah, guitar, players, guitar players from King Diamond. So that was really cool. So we were over. They didn't understand a word you were saying, all right. Andy did a little bit, but Mike Weed doesn't. I don't think he speaks any English at all. He just smiled and nodded. It was about it. But Andy spoke a little bit. Um, But uh, we were in the pizza place. I went to take a leak, and I had my Murder Metal Mayhem shirt. And I walked by the bar, and these dudes recognized me um, uh, from Low Twelve, and then also the podcast, you know, which was cool. And and then when I got in line, uh, as they were starting to frisk people to go in, uh, my son had to go to the car to bring something out there so he didn't have to hold it all night. And when he was gone, I walked back to the line, and this dude's like, Murder Metal Mayhem! He fucking screamed it out. And then he said, you doing a killer cage match tonight, which was really cool. Oh, I was like, fuck yeah, man, you know. I was like, well, if they want me to do one, man, I'll fucking do it, you know. So it was kind of cool. So it was really awesome. And then while I was standing in line, Bobby walked right by me, uh, about 10 feet from me, uh, past the line. He was real friendly. And then when, Yeah, I, I met him too a couple times. Him and Dee Dee, they're, they're fucking great guys. Yeah, I he just walked right in the crowd. They don't give a shit. Yeah, that's really cool. Now, I did not get a chance to like one-on-one, but it was just cool to see him. And then... Uh, so when Joey got back to the line, I was like, oh, you missed Bobby. He's like, no, I saw him on the other side before he got to where I was. So he was talking to him and shit. So, And then he got that picture of him with the dude from uh, Death Angel, the rhythm guitar player. So it was a good time. It was a good time. Good show. Now, CK, we've got a very, very special thing we're going to do with yes. you tonight. Now, I showed this to Shaw back right as we were doing our meeting. And he was like, what the fuck is it with all these lists you got going on? (laughs) This is kind of crazy, CK. And it's only because you're doing this that I spent the time to fucking work this out. But I think it's going to be fun. All right. So, of course, we got CK. You're live on Skype. You do not see this list. I didn't send you shit. You didn't get the list. So we're just going to do this for legit. So... This is going to be a multi... Uh, you're picking four things, okay? Okay. So the first list, all I'm going to tell you is they're metal singers, okay? One through ten. So why don't you uh, pick a number from one to ten? One number? One number. Seven. Oh, nice. <laughs> Cronus. So Cronus, singer from Venom. Okay, now what I was going to say too is the metalhead will get to use, if he wants to, his instrument 
as a weapon as well. So Cronus has a base. So Cronus has a base. He's going to fucking fuck some shit up with that. Now, because we're talking about real metalheads, they're going to fight not each other. But they're going to fight fucking pussy fucking posers, all right? So now you get to pick two numbers. Yeah, because these guys are pussies. So this is going to take two motherfuckers to give Cronuts a run for his money. <laughs> and now, now you See, get two, you got to pick one to ten, one ten, but two numbers. One to ten. Two numbers, all right. All right. Three. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. How perfect is three? Yes. Oh, uh, my God. <laughs> oh, he was one off. He was one All right. <laughs> I'm going to modify it, okay? I'm going to modify it. Okay. okay. Oh, no, here's what happened. Okay. You picked number three, and Shawback, what's his number David three? David Draymond. <laughs> David Draymond, singer for Disturbed. Perfect. And the listeners might not know who this fucking douchebag is, but I knew you would know who he was. <laughs> None other than your boy, Richie Scarlet, okay? Oh, so, God. <laughs> oh, God. I, hate I know. I fucking hate him, too. Anybody who doesn't know the name, if you're not from out in the East Coast. Richie Scarlet, Richie Scarlet is an East Coast guitar player. Um, he's played with Ace Frehley. He has a slow career. He used to work at this place. We used to go get instruments called um, East Coast, East Coast Music. Yeah. He's, he's, he's the fucking biggest fucking douchebag wannabe rock star prick there is yeah and i was telling shaw back when i moved out here i took joey to his first metal show was uh, pantera and anthrax and fucking sebastian bach opened and he was playing with him and i was like oh god he had a fucking purple or pink boa on i mean he looked like a fucking jackass so anyway so we've got cronus with his bass fighting david draymond and richie scarlett Okay, now you get two objects here. One to ten. Pick two objects. One to ten. Two. 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 <laughs> and four. Oh, nice. <laughs> Shawback, what's, uh, what are the objects? You right, right, right. We got a, a possum playing possum, a dead possum. Right. It's not really he's dead. He's dead, but he's not really dead. Yeah, possum so playing possum. he's going to come to life. And, and, and then you got... You got, and then you got the couch fucker's fucking grill knife sticking out of his eyeball. His grill fork, yeah. <laughs> yeah, his, oh, grill, his grill fork. Yeah. <laughs> I had some good ones on this list. Uh, crusted couch cushions from the couch fucker. Yeah, dude. Fucking... Joe Matheny's dirty, stinky, tidy whities Gene's nipple belt. <laughs> yeah, the nipple belt was on here. Some good stuff. Catherine Knight's knife set. So you picked the dead possum that's not really dead and couch fucker's Large grill fork, okay? And one final thing. This adds a nice nuance to it. You get to pick the background music for this fight. I think we should keep that fight. a surprise for everybody. Not even let them know what it is. Just be like, that's now, it. Now, do I got to pick a number or? Yeah, one through five. One through five. Three. Oh, nice. Nice. Celine Dion <laughs> and Josh Groban. The prayer. So that's oh, gonna God, that was, so that's gonna that's be playing in the background. Cronus <laughs> might get all fired up here at some gay shit like that. And he's fighting David Draymond and Richie Scarlet with a dead possum that's not really dead and couch fuckers large grill <laughs> oh, for. Oh my god. So what the fuck do and we his have? Base. And his base. He's got his base too if he needs it. So 
Shawback, what do you think, dude? Oh, my God. All right, hold on. So, I got... There's a lot going on. No, there's a whole lot going on. My head's like, what the fuck, dude? I'm too drunk for this. (laughs) All right. I don't know know how this scenario is going to go, but Kronos wins. (laughs) I think Kronos is a pretty tough-looking dude back in the day. Uh, CK, what do you think, man? I think Kronos, because I think what J- David Drake, one fucking Richie Scarlett is just going to pose there. Right, he's right. Gonna, well, he's useless because he's like 50 pounds. <laughs> yeah, he's 50 pounds. It's fucking probably fucking crackhead. David Draymond, I, I think, I, if I remember, he's kind of a bulky guy. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, he's a little on the chubby side. I don't know how big he yeah. is, though. But he's a little chubby, you know. Chubby, but, husky, whatever the fuck you want to call him. I think Kronos is just going to come right out of the gate and fucking bash <laughs> the fucking shit out of his girl with his guitar. Everybody with his bass just going to smash the shit out of him. He could he probably go- fuck him up just with his bass, I'm thinking. Kronos. Oh, yeah. Especially if he's and all Kronos- fired up with the Celine Dion music in the background. And he's good. Kronos is going to go you know, to the possum. He's going to do like this little fucking thing and the possum's gonna wake up and he's gonna fucking throw it to David Draymond the fucking possum's gonna tear Draymond's face apart nice where you nice. stupid fuck where you had that stupid fucking that ring piercing fucking, the, the, yeah, yeah. Two yeah rings, that stupid rings, fucking yeah. thing yeah. or fucking LeBre rings yeah tear him right the fuck out his lip <laughs> and then the grill fork though man like what if Scarlet gets a hold of the grill fork is he gonna do anything uh, I think I don't think Scarlet to fucking pick it up <laughs> <laughs> You might be right, dude. He's pretty skinny, man. Pretty Kronos fucking skinny. Just take skinny. it and shove it up his ass and be like, "Fuck you." He looks kind of like fucking uh, Keith Richards. Picture Keith Richards. That's what this dude's. Kinda, yeah, yeah, he does. He's rough. So like man. a corpse. He's rough. Yes, like a corpse. Very much so. Yes, yeah. So I agree. I think we're all in agreement that Cronus is going to whip their ass, and and those two don't really stand a chance. David Draymond. No. And Richie Scarlet. So. That's funny that you actually picked David Draymond. Yeah, and he, that's he's fucking gonna say, funny. He's gonna send David Draymond back to Chicago with his fucking face half eaten by the fucking possum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I and like Richie that Scarlet's, idea. And Richie Scarlet's gonna go fucking limping back to New York, or, wow. to, or yeah, New York. Yeah, well, you might be right. I think that's. Uh, I think that's a good one. I think that uh, Cronus wins. I think we all three agree with that. So. Yeah, no okay. doubt. No doubt. Fuck yeah. Well, CK, that was good. A little twist on the usual. I thought you would enjoy that since you're on. Oh, yeah. So uh, very cool. I don't know if you uh, if you want to stick around for some mayhem. It's not going to be a real long segment, but uh, yeah, if sure, you've got the sure. time, you're welcome to stick yeah. around. Yeah, um, this week, check out the um, new All Modern March came out this week, Killer Album. Check it out. Yeah, it was really I was listening to a little bit of that with uh, Joey on the way to the show. It is good. Very heavy, and, um, very Amon Marth. It sounds just like the rest of the yeah, stuff. Yeah, what else you got? Arch Matthews, Possessed this week. Oh, it's, Possessed it's, is this week, too? this week? Yes. yes. Yeah, and the Arch Matthews is going to be amazing. I'm totally fucking psyched for that, too, man. Wow. I'm supposed to be, get, I'm supposed to be getting it tomorrow. Oh, I'm nice. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to put you on hold for a sec, CK, and we'll come back in. We'll talk about some mayhem. So, it sounds good. Yeah.
right, little misfits Misfits. there. Dig up her bones. Talking about the misfits with CK last uh, from the American Psycho album. Yes, ah. And we've got CK staying with us. He wanted some mayhem this week, and we had him three fucking segments last week just to fucking yeah, hell. Was, dude, I, was, I, was, I was fucking I was in bed after that dude oh, oh I bet sure, you were brother. dude I'm sure but you know you got stronger <laughs> as you went on I thought your yeah voice, I know that's a, that's, a, that's a weird thing yeah your voice was a little rough at the beginning but man you hit your stride and you were killing it man oh yeah no it fine. fucking yeah it was fucking beastly like a CK out there, just fuck you, people. I'll do what I want. That's right. That's right. <laughs> fuck it. I'll give a shit if I just got to the fucking hospital. Fuck you. Hey, fuck That's you. Right. That's right. I'm surprised you didn't go down there after that and go play some volleyball with those fucking dudes. <laughs> no, I think it was raining out. <laughs> I think it was raining. That's the only reason. Dude, it was when rain I come out, for bro. a visit, we got to go walk down there. I just want to see it up close. Get a selfie or something. That's right fucking funny. The, the volleyball. But I, I got to take a video one day and post it on, on the website. That'd be funny. Yeah, that'd be fucking hilarious. Yeah, because, dude, dude, I'm on his porch, and you see it looks like a fucking concert. You're like, what is that going on over there? And he's like, oh, they fucking packed the backyard with this full volleyball net. That's fucking fucking crazy, dude. They were like, didn't they get busted, CK, for selling, like, alcohol or charging (laughs) Yeah, they were selling. Well, they were they're selling food and you can sell food without a permit, so they can't sell food anymore. Ah. It was just funny. It's quite the uh, quite the happening spot down there. So, all right. Well, we are in mayhem. We are over two hours, gentlemen. We may be going for the record here because we're at two hours and four minutes. Son of a bitch. I think the record <laughs> is somewhere around two hours and 12, so we're certainly going to go over that, I think, with this. Um so we'll keep it. I'll keep it a little more pithy than usual. But I did have a uh, a mayhem story to share that I forgot about all these years. I uh, was telling this story to Jenny. I don't even know how the subject came up, but it's pretty funny. And I call this one the Carver Park Crackhead. All right, well, I can't wait to hear yeah. about this. I crack- was. That uh, should be good. Yeah, okay, Crackhead I, stories are fun. I came back. Uh, from the army in 94 and so uh, I was back um, and I was doing my day job which I'm not going to say where and all that but I was in a I was in a he town. was on the corner sucking dick <laughs> I, <laughs> that's not very nice um, no I was in a in a city of maybe 30 40,000 it's kind of a shitty place it's not very nice right um and uh, so anyway, some bad parts of town. And so we were there to to inspect these buildings before they tear them down. And it was this old housing project that you went down a hill and it looked like a fucking prison compound. Jesus Christ. Like 17 dude. buildings, like four stories high. The reason why they closed it, they were having a lot of trouble with crime and shit there. Well, right. apparently they were putting a new roof on one of the buildings and one of the roofers showed up early and was sitting on the edge of the roof drinking his coffee. And this fucking tenant grabbed him by the fucking leg and pulled him off the roof and killed him. Get the yeah, fuck out of like here. For real? Head first, yeah. So they are like, okay, you're done. So they shut this fucking place down, move these fucking pricks out of there. So anyway, this is 95. So this is like before Wait, self- he legit ripped him off the roof yeah. and killed his ass. Yeah. Yeah. Holy fuck, man. Yeah, it's fucked up, dude. So 
So I'm getting told this story. I got to go inspect these buildings. I was, you know, like I said, just got back from the army. My back was fucked, but I was in like really good shape. And I was working with this older dude who's supposed to be kind of training me on how to do this shit. So anyway, we're going to have to go through every room of these fucking buildings. Right, right. And this is like February, so it's fucking cold. And I remember going in some of these buildings and like you could smell cigarette smoke. Like so fresh. Like people were like there. They're squatting know? and yeah. shit. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. And there was all this gang fucking graffiti in the walls. And there was this one I went in and said, kill Whitey. And like <laughs> letters like three feet fucking tall. Yeah. God damn. So it was a little intimidating being in there. Right. So anyway, we were there for you know many days. I don't remember now how many. But anyway, the last day, this cop kept coming down there when we first got there. And he said, you guys are fucking nuts being down here. He's like, I don't even want to get out of my car down here. And you motherfuckers are walking through these buildings. And the cop says that. Yes. that yeah, that doesn't. So he's like, you guys are nuts. So every couple hours he would come through there. And we'd wave to him. And he knew like, we're cool. good, man. We're good. Yeah, he yeah. was really a good dude. So anyway, last day we're there. Um, I had to open a door. It's on the third floor. And these apartments had outside entrances and like a balcony that went around. Right. So I'm on this balcony and I open this door to this apartment and there's this fucking crackhead like all hunched over in the fucking corner. And I'm like, whoa, like that's like a fucking person. <laughs> right. And I was, I just stood. <laughs> that's something out of a horror movie. You see all somebody hunched over. Yeah, he was all weird looking. And I'm standing in the doorway and this motherfucker gets up and runs right at me. Like what the fuck? Bull rushed by the fucking crackhead. What the fuck? He fucking slammed into me, running full tilt, <laughs> hit me right in the fucking chest, knocked the both of us back to the fucking railing. <laughs> My back was on the fucking railing, and I had this motherfucker like up off the ground. Like right, holding hold him up. up yeah. over me. If he would have just hit me. A cunt hair both fucking harder. Went over. We'd have both gone over that. Oh my god! Dude. But I tell oh, you what, Jesus Christ! If that would have happened. I'd have rode that bitch down to the and landed on his. I would have splattered that motherfucker. <laughs> so anyway, we'd have both been dead though. So I was able to fight him back. So now we're like throwing punches up on this fucking balcony, and I'm fucking him up. I'm fucking him up pretty hard because, like I said, I was in good shape. Right, right. I'm fucking hitting him. He's hitting me back, though. I mean, he was a tough motherfucker, you know? Hey, crackhead strength, man. That's almost like retard strength. Yeah. So I grabbed him by the fucking back of the fucking collar of his jacket and his belt. And I threw him down three flights of stairs. <laughs> like, launched him, like, in the fucking air. <laughs> the fucking, rolling down the stairs and didn't move. And I'm like... I think I just killed oh this Oh, God, I think he's dead, you know? <laughs> so, so I look to the guy that I'm with. I'm like, what do we do? Like, I was... I don't know. I was... Not I was even defending myself, I was man. like 26. I don't even know. I was young. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> so funny. here comes the cop. He comes through there. And I go walking down the stairs. And he sees this fucking guy like crawl <laughs> out. And he looks at me. He's like, did you fucking kill somebody? I said, I don't know. I hope not. <laughs> I told him what happened. He's like, son of a bitch, you know. 
So he has to get out of the car. He doesn't like getting out of the car there. You know? <laughs> so he gets out. And he's like, son of a bitch. I guess I ought to call an ambulance. I said, yeah, probably. You know. So then he starts moving a little bit. So I'm like, all right, at least he's not dead. But he's groaning, dude. Oh, I, I bet I, you. I, I, I <laughs> break some fucking bones, man. It was brutal. So the cop was laughing. He wrote up a report because he was afraid that the guy would say, like, I attacked him. Right, right, right. So he's like, no, I know that didn't happen. We know who this guy is. So anyway. Nah, we've dealt with this guy before. The ambulance it, it, came and took him away. All right. So, the, But the story doesn't quite end there. Because the guy that I was with that was training me, he got all fired up <laughs> by me fucking throwing this dude down the stairs. Let's break some fucking shit. He had a fucking 38 with him. Get the fuck out of yeah, here, dude. Because he was scared going through these fucking... So was I. I mean, I didn't have shit. Right, right, pepper right. spray. Right. The, and a crowbar. That's all I had. So so anyway. Homeboy got a pistola. He's got a fucking loaded fucking gun. So as we're doing the rest of these ones on this floor with the closed doors, he's singing the fucking cop song. The fucking bad, bad boys, boys, bad boys. And he's kicking the doors in. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's going in and he's waving this fucking gun around. I'm like, dude, you're going to fucking shoot me. Would you please stop doing it? <laughs> so we got... We got two more doors to kick in, all right? Oh, fuck. He kicks in the second to last one, and they must have had like a dresser or something up against it. So it didn't give, completely blew his knee out. I mean, like to the point where he never walked right again, he fucked it up so bad. Oh, so now I'm up God, on the fucking shit. third floor with this dude. I'm like, fuck, you know, like, what? Are you fucking serious? I just want to go home, man. I just want to go fucking home. Like, really? Dude, that's probably fucking... So I'm only like 20-something years old. This fucking 40-year-old fucking idiot kicks his fucking door. Blows his feet. He's screaming. He's screaming on the fucking floor. You know, I don't know what to do. Oh, my God. That shit's fucking ridiculous. So this is before cell phones or anything. Of course. So I had to go to a pay phone to call fucking the hospital. I didn't know what to do. So here comes the fucking cop again. He's like, hey, bro, come I'm here. Like, I'm waving him down. He's like, what the <laughs> hell you guys do now? He goes, where's your buddy? I said, he's up on that third floor. I said, he fucked his knee all up. Are you fucking kidding me? He's like, all right, fuck it. We'll call the ambulance again. I'm like, all right. So he had to call the ambulance again. Same fucking oh, guys, too. They dropped the fucking the crap and they came back. They just mm-hmm. said, go back to Carver Park. Yeah. That, that's, that's definitely <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, fucking so, good as shit right there, dude. So that's what I got. Holy man. fuck. So that's the Carver Park crackhead. That's my story. And I'm sticking oh, to it. That God. was pretty crazy. 1995, going back a ways in my younger oh, days. Oh, shit, man. Uh, doing some fighting. 28, I would have been. So uh, 27, 28, depending on when in February. It was, but uh, yeah, so pretty crazy shit. It might have been the day after my birthday. Could have been. Could have been. I don't know. I got none. So, (laughs) all right. So, we've got this book coming out. Yes, we do, CK. What about that? Murder Metal Mayhem book. It's going to be fun. Activity book. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be out on Blunt Force Press. uh, And we're going to call it the coffee table book that should be nowhere near a coffee table. (laughs) 
because it shouldn't be. It's going to be fucking disgusting. It's uh, going to be fun. It's our thing, our twist on an activity book. You can do some coloring. I mean, yeah, dude, they got those adult coloring books where it yeah. says "fuck" or whatever with all the pretty things. Like, no, right. this is going to be more vile than that. Yeah, you could color in the couch, like couch fucker. Right. You could fucking color yeah. in CK or me or Chris. Um, we're gonna have some word searches on there. You put uh. You could put fucking CK, CCK with some fucking David Draineman fucking oh. LaBrace piercings. Oh, <laughs> and you know what I thought would be cool in the middle um, is open it up, you know, like where the centerfold would be and make a murder metal Bayhem board game. On that would be fucking where they cool. Roll dice oh, yeah, and cool. have some shit going on. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. how do you. Yeah, I'm I gonna stop there. No, that yeah, I got some ideas. Yep, I, I got some to too. <laughs> yeah, it should be fun. It'll be really fun. So now, Chris, you're gonna do the murder part of this. Yes, I, I haven't 100 percent figured out, but I got ideas. Yeah, so it's gonna it's be good. Gonna be fucking awesome. And CK, I, you're not. You're, you're gonna do pop rock, right? Yeah, he's doing. Actually, it's bluegrass. Oh. Yeah, yes, yes. I'm doing um bluegrass slash. Um, <laughs> Disco. Hey. disco. Yeah, disco. A little disco thrown in. No, I'm fucking doing metal. We'll call it yeah. metal. Obviously. <laughs> obviously, you're going to do metal. And then I'm going to do Mayhem, yes, uh, which I've already finished that. And so that should be fun. Um, and then we're each going to get to pick a few art pieces for the our section. Because Dathan, the dude that made the, uh, the, the, cool, caricatures, for the caricatures of us. He's going to do the illustrations and the cover. Yes. Uh, going to be badass. Dathan, Dathan and they. That's right. That's right. So it's going to be badass with uh, with them doing the, uh, the artwork. It's going to be fantastic. Definitely really psyched to see how this thing turns out. So CK and Chris, it's going to be really yeah, cool. I can't man. wait for you guys. It's, it's going to be good. fun. No, it's going to be super fun. The yeah. artwork is going to be great. Can't it's wait for be that. Really cool, and just the content. Like you said, word searches, fucking yeah, coloring. It's going to be our our way, not a normal yeah, way. People are going to be like, "What the hell is this? This right? is the best ever." <laughs> the, 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 the murder metal mayhem way. That's right. That's the only way. That's right. So that should be fun. Yeah, we'll keep you guys posted on this. Um, now the new Ted Bundy movie. I don't know if you guys have seen. it. I have not I just seen it yet. You were telling night. me about it. It's on Netflix. Uh, extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile is the name of it. And I wondered where that came from. Well, at the end, and I don't know how factual the movie is. Don't be giving out no goddamn spoilers, uh, bro. Uh, <laughs> spoiler, you know what happens to him. He gets fucking angry. Yeah, you know what happens. But If you know anything about Ted Money, you course. know what happens. But the, when the judge is reading his sentence, yeah, he says the that quote, the extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile. That's where it comes from. Oh, the judge yeah, actually the judge said says that. that at the end when he's saying how much of a fucking piece of shit he is. It's Same, pretty cool. Like, that's the same judge. Is Go ahead, Keith. Is it Zach Efron? Is Zach Efron? Yes. He's, he's Bundy in that, right? He does yes. a great job. Yes, he yeah. does. Yeah. And John Malkovich plays the judge. So oh, no cool. shit. Yeah. And, and Heffield plays, and Heffield plays the cop. The cop. He does. Yeah, he's a sheriff. He doesn't say much, but he's he's good. He he fits the part. He looks the part. Uh, so he's great. There are some other known actors, but those are the ones that I recall. Uh, but yeah, I watched this last night. It was good. Uh, Jenny and I both thought it was good. 
Um, I thought it was um, fairly accurate. Like, I know the story, but right. there were details I was unsure if they took liberties with. Or just how like, let's accurate. take that part of it and like let's exaggerate a little bit. And it's hard to know that because I don't know the story well it's enough to know. Kind of hard to exaggerate what Bundy did. Oh though. my god! I know. I know. <laughs> so it's definitely uh, you know it's good. So it's definitely worth checking out if you like uh, serial killer docs. Uh, it's done like a movie. It's not done like a documentary. Right. right. But it's uh, it's interesting. It's definitely good. And um, so I think uh, well worth checking out. So I thought I'd mention that. Um, anybody else got any mayhem here before we part ways? Uh, no, I got nothing. Dude. Oh man, I, I I shit earlier. You shit earlier. <laughs> well, you didn't. Throw if I shit a, my bag. You I'm probably shit my bag right now, and I don't know. <laughs> Dude, I would really like you to send me one of those oh, just so God. I could send it to somebody else. <laughs> hey, if you if you want to, let me know. I'll fucking pack that shit up. I'll fuck you! I love you, CK. <laughs> you just made my entire fucking night, bro. <laughs> I wonder if William Hart, maybe William Harder will sell those on Murder Auction. <laughs> God damn. I don't know what it's going to fucking smell like by the time it gets to you, but you oh, know. God. Oh, I, it's going to... Smell exactly the way you think it's gonna smell, bro. <laughs> well, that's some harsh shit. That is definitely brutal shit, there for sure. So I think we have thoroughly mayhem the uh, audience this evening. Yes, sir, we but, have. Yeah, and well, thank you, CK. CK, for hanging out, brother. Yeah, dude, no problem. Good to have Love you it. on. Love Little it. bonus. So we'll see you next time, brother. Next time, bro. You got it. Talk to you guys later. Fuck yeah, uh, dude. Truth, truth, truth corroded. Corroded. I'm fucking stupid. That uh, <laughs> that song Conquest of Divide, fucking brutal shit, man. Yeah, Those well, guys are badass. So awesome and fucking this is a good time having CK hang yeah. out throughout Mayhem again. A little bonus with Mayhem. Yeah. I hadn't planned on that, but that was fucking awesome. Let's talk a great. little bit about the book and what we got going on, so it was good to have him on. And uh as always, we appreciate everybody listening. Uh, bumper music this time by the Misfits, Abnormality, Destruction, and of course the last one we just did, Truth Corroded. Um, we appreciate everybody. It's amazing, dude. The fucking listens just keep rising. Uh, we're averaging about a thousand a week for the most recent podcast, and another thousand. Y'all might not think out. that's fucking a big number, but it is to us. It's it is when us. it started at like 30 or 40. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that's a big number to us. Yeah. And we is. appreciate that. Keep spreading that shit. Yeah. It's, thanks guys. It, Cause we're awesome, doing this man. with no fucking merch or, um, no, no marketing yeah, people all helping DIY. us. This is total us. DIY. This is what we do. The yeah, only sponsor so we have is freaking Psycho, Psycho Killer, Killer Bobbleheads, which is awesome. But they're fucking you great. Know. But you guys are the best. Everybody listening. Yeah, you we really do appreciate shit. it. We do. We really, really do. Um, seeing new, you know, towns on the on the list or cities, uh, countries, France, uh, India, fucking Italy, the UK, Canada, of course, the US. And then the cities, man, Chicago's still dominating, but uh, 
El Dorado okay. Hills, Sacramento, California. Uh, we're seeing some Northern California ri- uh, hits. West Side. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's just really cool to see it. So we do really appreciate it, guys. We got some good comments this time, uh, Chris. You want to read the first one, dude? So uh, Randy Loving, he's uh, he says, uh, CK's the fucking man. I've been listening to the new INC album, and, it's ri- and it ribs. Old school thrash rules. And yeah, old school thrash is the shit. When you like thrash metal, if you don't like Laz Rocket, all that old school metal, thrash metal, right. get it. Yeah, I love the new INC album. We've been talking about those guys, Indestructible Noise Command. We did the interview. Uh, I wrote a review of the album. I liked it so much. So yeah, Randy, fucking glad you're digging that shit. Fucking I did. And we're actually going to use an INC song in our fucking in our commercial. Com- we're actually we're making a commercial, and INC gave us permission to use their music. Yeah. So fuck yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. Uh, Erica Robbins said, "I just heard your West Memphis Three episode and really loved hearing what you guys said about it. I followed it back when it happened." And it was about the biggest bunch of shit what they did to those three boys for something they didn't even do. Yeah, and yeah. it totally was. 100%. Guys, yeah. The fucking forced interviews. Or yeah, the- that was some real shady bullshit. And just because the motherfucker had a goddamn heavy metal shirt on, guns and roses at that. It wasn't like a fucking Slayer Yeah, shirt. it wasn't like he was walking around wearing a fucking goddamn Deicide shirt or of some course. shit. Of course, yeah. Like, I mean, it's just fucking ignorance, man. Just, just totally ignorance. Whatever. So and what's you, the next one, dude? This is a good dude, one. I don't know who the fuck you are, but your name's funny as fuck. I love you. <laughs> Snatch Tickler. <laughs> Snatch Tickler says, I definitely need to go catch the Dahmer tour up in Milwaukee. I heard the interview you just did with the owner and went back and heard the special you did there in August. Uh, I love that shit, and I like how you guys mix things up now and then. This is my new favorite podcast. The fact that our podcast is your favorite makes you an awesome motherfucker. Yeah. Thanks, Snatch Tickler. That was Snatch Tickler. Cool name. I love you, dude. And it's thanks probably for the chick, nice though. comments. It could be. <laughs> Fuck yeah. More way, power to her. She I might know the next commenter here. Right? Donna... The Dyke Double D's says, y'all kick ass. I jam your podcast in my semi. I love it. So That's fuck yeah, Donna. <laughs> Fucking thanks, man. Appreciate hey, my that dad shit. be driving a truck too. We're trying to get him to come in here and tell some trucker stories, but I know. God damn it. <laughs> I know. We got to get his ass in here yeah, for thank that. Thank you. Fucking double D's. That's I'm just right. going to call you double D's. There you go. All right. Well, thanks again to PsychoKillerBobbleheads.com. Be sure to check out their site, order a serial killer bobblehead, or get the whole collection of 16. They are a fucking amazing. Yes, they are. We they got are some good ones always shit. out on the table. Take a picture so you guys can see them up close. They also have shirts, and they got new designs coming, some yes, really good yeah, ones Yeah, they got Rob. some good designs coming yeah, out, dude. Gacy, Dahmer, uh, Bundy, some good ones. Uh, great gifts for Father's Day, so hook your dad up with some of this shit, man. Hey, Dad, you want a serial killer shirt? That's yes, right. I do, son. That's right. I mean, that's what I. If one I of my kids, yeah, of if course. one of my kids said, "Hey, Dad, you want a fucking new Dahmer shirt?" It. I'd be like, "Yes, I do." Exactly. <laughs> uh, thanks to Bob Weiss from Shakers in Milwaukee, the most haunted bar in the United States. Go to HangmanTours dot com to book a ghost tour or the Cream City Cannibal Dahmer walking tour. Thanks to Bob for doing the interview Thank with you, us. Also, William Harder of MurderAuction.com. Uh, thanks, uh, William, for doing the interview with us. 
Uh, go check out his website and score some kick-ass true crime stuff. You can also get uh, you know some cool shit at satancentral.com. Satancentral.com. You you know, satanic stuff. He's got all sorts of it, man. Yeah, you've sent me some of them pictures out of them shirts. I'm just like, oh, God yeah. damn, dude. Yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, don't forget to check I out our it. website, MurderMentalMayhem.com. You can pick up some stuff, listen to the past episodes. Also, we now have a YouTube channel. You can subscribe, find out when we're posting new stuff. We did shoot video of last week. I haven't gone through it all yet, but I think everything turned out. So yeah, hopefully yeah. that'll be up there soon. And I also just today set up our Twitter page. So we are yeah. on Twitter now. Uh, you can go check that out at Murder Metal May 1. That's how they have it. I'm not sure what why they didn't do Mayhem, but I know you can find it if you type out Murder Metal Mayhem. So you can get there uh, Murder whatever Metal. way. Yeah, I don't but need our, Twitter. Yeah, it's I'm not as familiar with it as I am with Facebook, but I do know That's that it's we're a good old, one. Bro. We are old. Yeah. <laughs> you can also go to PeteAltieri.com if you want to pick up one of my books. Uh, we definitely shattered, I think, any record we had for the longest podcast with this one. But we can't let them go without hearing some karaoke destruction. Never. I did not get a chance to do a new one this week. I had too much going on. So I thought it would be funny to do this one. It's one of the first ones I did when we started doing the podcast. So I think that would be a good one to play. A revisit. That's right. So until next time, keep one foot in the gutter. And your steel toes kicking the teeth of your fucking enemy.
I'll switch, hallelujah. Cause I'm damn fun, gonna give it to you. Cause I'm damn fun, gonna give it to you. Cause I'm damn fun, gonna give it to you. Saturday night, away at the spot. Don't believe me, just walk. Fuck yeah. Man.